and welcome back everybody uh billy berserker thank you for the follow uh hi everybody uh, i'm essie uh or aaron spencer your dm slash storyteller for the evening's uh festivities campaign shenanigans tonight uh again she her or they in a pinch and uh, we'll go around the table and introduce our lovely players as we return to stormwatch so starting from the top Isabets. hi <laughs> who are Hello. you and who are you going to be playing tonight shenanigans, i yes. am Isabets. um i will be playing tara um my pronouns are she her tara's are she they um and tara is your stone shark shifter monk Awesome. Thank you, Isabeth. Mega scales. Thank you for the follow. Uh, and Ange, hello. Who are you and who are you going to be playing tonight? Hello. I am Ange. I'm going to be playing Famous, your resident uh, Oath of Redemption paladin. Uh, my pronouns, she, her. Famous, she, they. Hi, everybody. Hello, new people. Thank you, Ange. And Nick. Hi, Nick. Who are you and who are you playing tonight? Hey there. Uh, Nick or Amberthus in the chat. I'm only a little sick, uh, but I'm playing the resident strong buddy boy with some magic, Clematis. And yeah, I'm going to be bringing some wild magic back into all this. So, anyway. It's chaotic. There's tarot cards, so we really like the wild magic. So, thank you, Nick. And Avalon, Willow Bloom, VO. Hi, who are you and who are you playing tonight? Hello, um, I'm Avalon, she, her, or they, them. And I play Rin, the changeling bard. Um, mostly uses she, her, but, you know, the face changes and so too do the pronouns as they need to. Um, yeah. We stand changelings. And Jeff slash Thogan. Hello, who are you and uh, who are you playing tonight? Good evening. Uh, I'm Jeff, otherwise known as Fathogan, uh, Technoclave in the chat. And uh, this evening I'm going to be playing Simeon, who is a tiefling battlemaster fighter, but not in the way you think. Outstanding. And currently playing in the background is one of our music partners at ASK2. Changeling Bard is the coolest bard. <gasps> Oh my gosh, it's Puffles. Hi, Puffles. And uh, hello, everyone, to uh, our friends, community members, and new friends who are joining us tonight for Stormwatch. So, who would like to give a little a little recap as best as, as they could? Again, everything still happened. We are changing settings here. We're in a new world. For those who don't know, there has been some changes, uh, some things that have happened over the past couple of months with a very large TTRPG company, which has prompted some, a lot of channels to make some changes here and there and to explore different avenues and settings, characters, opportunities. Uh, so we have a, a complete change in setting. Change in setting aside, the story that we have played thus far with some background changes to the lore. Who wants to give a recap as best as they can, given that everything is still canon. Who wants to take a take a stab at that? I can take a I can take a crack at that. All right, cool. Thank you, Jeff. I uh, so, assist as needed. 
Perfect. Okay. We are uh, the Stormwatch. We are a, uh, a, a an elite quasi-military organization here to try and uh, break the power uh, of, of one of the Dwarven holds. Uh, the name is escaping me at this time. Uh, but the big idea is that there's been this this long war that's been going on for forever, and we just need to finish it and gotta just, just got to get it over with. And so we're taking uh, interesting steps, things that perhaps haven't been tried before. And thus far, we have just uh, secured the Arcassian ruins for our uh, little merry band uh, and the rest of a... We, we were the, the vanguard for that group, uh, convinced the local rogues that uh, we we could help those who were living in the ruins of Arcassian, uh, that uh, we we were on the side of right, even if things were being kind of dark, uh, and that we were going to be marching on towards uh, the north, where we can go ahead and uh, bring, bring the fight to the dwarves. Thank you, thank you. The uh, Dwarven Thanedom. Oh my gosh, Puffles, thank you for the subscription. Thank you for the Prime subscription. Very cool. It is the Dwarven Thanedom of Barak Tal. For those who are interested in MCDM Kingdoms and Warfare, the enemies are divided into, um, into classifications and organizations, just like the players. Just like the players at the table, your party. Our party being a martial regiment, if you've gotten the chance to flip through Kingdoms and Warfare. Martial Regiment is an organization that grants each player special perks, both individually and on the larger scale of the war. Omega Scales, thank you for the Prime sub as well. Thank you so much. Each organization gives boons and benefits and has their own party sheet where they can level up, increase their attributes as far as uh, espionage, intrigue, communications, etc. Shore up their defenses, that sort of a thing. Two tarot cards, one from Avalon and another from uh, Nick from earlier. And again, we're sticking mostly to benefits, buffs, debuffs. So we are using the Adventurer's Tarot since we never really heard back from uh, the representatives at the Blue Angel Publishing via Stacey DeMarco. So still pending on that. And thank you for the bits. Ah, hype. Lots of stuff going on. So two cards in the queue. And we're going to get to that in a second. We have the Barbarian and the Mystic from the Adventurer's Tarot from our friends at Weirdworks LLC. Shout out to our friends at Weirdworks LLC and to our friend Brenda. Let's see if this is weird. That works. No, it's weird words. I, those are almost too fitting for the for the people that earned that pulled them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Tarot is weird yeah. like that, and this deck has special powers, as we know. So, that is the general gist of things. Thank you again, uh, Jeff. And let's go ahead, and I'm going to change up the music a little bit. Woo! Oh my gosh. <laughs> the hype train! Thank you all so much. That's fantastic. I'm going to pull another hype! I'm going to pull another card from that because of that. Mm -hmm. That's not shuffled properly, so I'm gonna do that. And now we got the monk. Or Terra. Beautiful cards. Woohoo! <laughs> so, a third card from the hype train benefits, buffs, debuffs here. So, three in a row. 
Monk Barbarian Mystic. That's going to give special benefits to the party. Isn't tight. Me. And we have other cards in here that can also grant things like special items, unique quests, different side quests, uh, remnants, sort of our own version of uh, vestiges of divergence. So Omega Scales, thank you so much. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for the hype. And Jeff, thank you so much for getting it started. And we'll switch up the music here. And we're gonna, we're gonna jump into some uh, block text. Get y'all started. Can't help it with all the with all the bit ebooks are so cute. They are. I love the little hearts, little dancy hearts. We also have a new music bot because, uh, as many of you who also run Discord servers know, there was another crackdown, likely from uh, <clears throat> our friends <clears throat> at YouTube. Uh, friends. <laughs> at the YouTube corporate office. Uh, I don't know that for 100%. That's just speculation. Uh, okay, so we're going to query something in the queue. Our other music partners. Tabletop RPG Music. I'll link them as well. A new song, a new track. And please go and send some love to our friends at ASK2. And also to our friends... At Tabletop RPG Music. Wow, y'all are so awesome. Thank you for gifting the subs more hype. Woo, okay, let's see if we can get a benefit or something from the next card. Woo, possibly. Oh, interesting. I'll reveal that fourth one in a second from the next one. So three cards in the queue plus one, which is uh, a very interesting one. So... <clears throat> Again, new track from our friends here. Tabletop. RPG. Music. Plus a secret. Oh my. Yes, send some love to our friends. And then also, we are using Roll20. And this is a map that I made myself on Incarnate. I don't want you to see my Microsoft Word account. <laughs> oh... No free sub. <laughs> <laughs> 100 years has the continent of Veltheria been at war, with no side truly gaining ground or favor over the other. To the north, Odror's irregulars rebel against the crown, the dwarven thandom that we mentioned earlier, vying for independence, but at the cost of scorched earth and fascistic policies and symbolism. To the south, the recently established Vascratoria, or Queen's Realm, vies for control of the continent itself, while simultaneously seeking to crush dissidents opposed to the recently crowned Queen Valyria. In a never-ending war between radical rebels and a hereditary monarchy with expansionist ambitions, it is of course, as in most wars, the common folk and citizenry on both sides that have become truly war and world weary, melancholy, even hopeless, as the conflict drags on, never ceasing, never ending, ever raging. With the fatigue of war setting into an extreme level, both sides seek to decisively end the fighting 
once and for all. It's the midsummer of 1134 EV, and as the royal military was planning to march through the Great Mountain Gate in the center of the White Ridge Mountains, word came from the stoic 6th Dernath Elvishvor Military Regiment at Savosa, the northern front sans Frostvar. The northern front itself had completely collapsed at what would later become known as the Battle of Cold Spring. A fervor, never before seen in the history of the Century's War, seemed to grip the rebellion, which now wore black armbands with cross, with a crossed forge hammer and bloodied hand axe. Odror himself, Borthan Odror, having claimed that the recent death of his firstborn son Magnus and his wife Virith was a result of a targeted assassination by the crown ordered by the queen, and not, in fact, by the ever-growing threat to both sides of the conflict, opportunistic, ambitious pirates from Verdantis, as was the crown's official statement. Indeed, eyewitnesses on both sides corroborated that a small fleet of these pirates had attempted a botched ransom shortly after sinking one of the Crown's own scout sloops. In the wake of this, a renewed force of dwarves, halflings, northmen, and hobgoblins had swept through the Savosa region with an unmatched fervor and slaughtered every Crown soldier and citizen they could find. Thousands of refugees fled towards the clockwork city of Frostfar, where ingenious gnomish devices of artifice kept Odror's rebels at bay. Fortunately, as described, in the fall of 1134, the citizens of Frostfar had developed the first prototype black powder cannons. In the winter of 1134 to 1135, the first black powder rifles were developed, and the first gnomish grenadiers, as well as the wolves of the north, became a name to be feared amongst the rebels. The wolves of the north being the regiment with which the crown recruited Thamus Sunstorm. For an entire year, sea lanes from Bastion's Hold to Frostfar spurred a naval arms race, as they had been for the better part of a decade while both sides consolidated their land holdings on opposite sides of the White Ridge Mountains. The Dwarves of Iron Bellows had finally agreed to share their stores of iron and steel, as well as their fire-throwing siege weapons and vast ever-burning forges with the crown as a result of the burning and pillaging of Savosa. It is now the early spring of 1136 EV, and the crown prepares to respond in earnest with the planning of a massive, unparalleled four-pronged assault led by the spear of the Stormwatch. And it is here, as Jeff said, after claiming the forward operating post of the ancient Arcassian ruins, the ruins of New Arcos, as it was once called, that the tip of the spear 
sets out north by northeast to reclaim the lands that were taken from the drow, the distant cousins of the elves of the Vascratoria of the Queen's Realm, by Odror's rebels roughly 30 years ago in the midst of the conflict. Having ousted the drow from their traditional home, their long ancient home of the Crimson Wood and of the town and hamlet of Isildale, Odror's rebels claimed this land in the name of the rebellion, ousting the drow due to their support of the crown, ousting the drow and sending them back into the depths of the Underdark or into the cave systems at the edge of the Western White Ridge Mountains and farther back into the deepest recesses of the Crimson Wood. Scouts and mages from the north, from Odror's rebels, even claiming the ancient Shadow Tower itself. For the past three decades, the drow of the Crimson Wood and of Isildale have been planning a massive assault, waiting patiently for the crown to send aid. And as 60% the majority of the crown's forces prepare as a feint to march through the great northern gates in the center of the White Ridge Mountains. That is merely but a feint for the cavalry and the special forces, the elite and the storm watch plan to liberate the drow of Isildale and with the cavalry and the griffin riders, the tempest riders, sweep through and flank Odor's rebels, as the main force draws them into an open conflict to reclaim Zavosa. But first, the Stormwatch must help the Drow, the cousins of the elves, the elvish monarchy, to reclaim their ancestral homeland and to oust the usurpers from Odor's rebels, who had ousted them 30 years ago in a violent, bloody, Takeover, bordering on genocide. The time for vindication has come for both the crown and the elves of Elistre that dwell within the Crimson Wood. And it is here that we pick up our story. Go back to... West Gate of Tilverton. You mean the ruins of New Arcos? Yes, the ruins of New Arcos. <laughs> My roll twenty map wasn't changed. Or the roll twenty map description. Thank you. New Arcos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruins of New Arcos. Westgate. The good news is this was an original map from the beginning anyway. So Yes. Uh, this is from our friends over at Lore. <laughs> Hype Train Emotes, outstanding. This is Map Hammer. Yeah, it's our friend at Map Hammer. Longtime patron. Map Check them out. Hammer. And I know, right?
Yes. Yeah, and if you are uh, a um, patron of Map Hammer, you can grab this map, which is freaking cool. Now, as the last of the or as the cavalry prepares to regroup and prepare to advance behind you, the Griffin Tempest Riders <laughs> screeching and soaring overhead, preparing to advance less than a 10 day behind the storm watch Dear, you gather your a compliment on oh, your eye makeup thank way. you <laughs> thank you um <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate that so, as y'all prepare to depart the cavalry and well both the land and air cavalry preparing to follow you shortly behind is there anything else you would like to do amongst the ruins of New Arcos with the rogues of New Arcos or with the military? The same individuals that you had met before with a different coat of paint. Prepare to see you off onto the Northern Ride. And you can see we have new official art for everything. I don't think I have any requests. We had pretty much wrapped up everything in, in mm -hmm. New Arcos before. So Agreed. I'm raring to go. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. Well, I was going to ask if there's any specialty around here that'll decongest his nose. <laughs> his seasonal allergies are bugging him. Oh, uh, absolutely. Taking lesser resto. Eketra. Yeah. Eketra kind of digs through her pack and hands you a bag of spices and uh, uh, she says, all right, now you mix that with some honey and some rum, but be careful because it'll knock you on your ass. Only a little bit, okay? Only a little bit. Indian yeah. hot toddies, let's go. <laughs> he gives a very kind of like really kind of look at that comment of it'll knock it on his ass. <laughs> he thinks he can handle this pretty good, and he's gonna make an extra strong concoction because he's more worried about his sniffly nose than anything else. As the half orc watches you kind of raise an eyebrow, she's like, No, no, I'm serious. Trust me. <laughs> Druid's orders. I mean, you can if you want, but then the rest of them are going to have to do what you want. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's going to he's going to make an extra extra strong one. Perfect. It's a long ride. If he if he screws himself up a bit, it's fine. <laughs> General Sorelia and Riviera Darkwind are the last to greet you as you prepare to depart. Riviera Darkwind being from Secrets of the Zentarum, which is a supplement that I purchased in the DMs Guild, so I'm using that supplement. So Riviera Darkwind is staying the same. We paid 20 bucks to use the supplement. So, Riviera Darkwind, your commander, the commander of the Stormwatch. Be careful with... Be careful on the road. The drow of Hostile Rathir can be very dangerous and have been known to attack anything that travels along the road that's not heavily guarded. Travelers especially. Make sure to identify yourselves as agents of the crown. Famous will... Famous will nod at that 
and the general, Sorelia. The new phrase. She just kind of stands to attention, salutes, and the hand over her heart. Might and majesty, Stormwatch. Simeon will go ahead and res respond to the salute to that one. Same. Is that the new catchphrase, Might and Majesty? Might and Majesty, yep. Okay. Might and Majesty. It's incredible that it hasn't changed in 300 years. Yes, well, it's a, well, it's a hereditary Elvish monarchy, so old traditions. <laughs> uh, <sighs> let's go to the Overland map as you prepare to depart from the Arcassian ruins. Through the realm of Ulsia Taras, past the Watcher's Wood, and into the Deadlands. You have a several, several days journey ahead of you. Each hex is 20 miles. You have about 120 miles to go before you reach the Crimson Wood. The Banner of the Queen can be used as a representation of your group's actual location. In the early morning hours and mid-spring, prepare to depart. Do we have anybody going ahead as lookouts? Nope. Or are we all just going, okay. That's you. You are the lookouts. Yeah, we are the lookouts. <laughs> That's yeah. what okay. I figured. I just wanted to double check. Yes. All right. So some tarot yeah, so cards. we have to find all of the traps and make sure they're all yes. set off before everyone else Exactly. Fuck yeah. All right. Tarot card pulls. Barbarian. That's me. Me. Or it could be me. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, I like the class cards. So let's go. Let's, let's keep it simple because we have four in the queue. Let's go barbarian for barbarian. So, uh, Nick, oh, okay. yep, go ahead and roll the d4 for me. I'm going to use my extra sharp deadly one. That's a two with my nasty pointed one. That's pretty. It is pretty, but it's also very terrifying. Oh, awesome. Okay, your next rage is free, and the first attack you make after you rage is an advantage. Fuck yes. As you are filled <laughs> with nice. reckless abandon and a purpose, a clarity of purpose from the barbarian. Very cool. Yeah, he, uh, and make sure to write nice these. Little, got a nice peek at Nazgur smiling before he left. You did. And uh, making the tea along the Adorable. road would be like a real kick and it'd be like a real punch in the heart, I guess is the best way to <laughs> uh, best way to describe that. Like your heart is racing and you're like, woo, uh, if you uh, double up the um, the I rum beat up some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the rum brings you down. But the actual kick of the spices is it's uh, certainly something else. The next one. Mm hmm is we'll go in order here we'll bring the monk up first before we do the mystic and Terra yes roll a d4 for me and the monk uh three 
three, you gain the blessing of fire, the blessing of Inavar, the Forge Lord, as your friend. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't run a scan right now. Are you kidding me? How do I? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Okay, your friend, the commander of the Tempest Riders, had given you, the one that you had spent the, the evening with, had given you a totem before you left. The totem was a small totem of Inavar, the Forge Lord, usually depicted as a stout individual with a large beard. Uh, and if it's a totem, likely a hammer coming up from the center, kind of like holding uh, a stoic hammer. Um, Stop scan. Stop scan. Sorry, I just had to uh, stop the background scan there for a second. Hmm. It is with the Save a Karar. Save a Karar. Command. Hmm. Commander Least Gerastrix. Um, again, usually a stout individual with beard, hammers on both sides, sort of like a, a, a helmet, often depicted as a, a, a dwarven in origin, but likely uh, a representation of your new allies at Iron Bellows versus the Dwarves of Baraktal. Uh, and that is going to give you the Blessing of Innovar. Is going to... The next uh, melee attack uh, is going to do an additional 1d8 plus 3 fire damage. And the totem will disintegrate after you use it. And I'm sorry, you said 1d8 plus 3? 1d8 plus 3. Yeah, you can actually choose when to use that, but when you call upon the blessing of Innovar, the Forge Lord, that totem will disintegrate, and that attack will give you an additional 1d8 plus 3 fire damage. Innovar, again, is the Forge Lord. The Forge Lord. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And any of the benefits that we had from the old tarot before this, do we still have them? Yes, you do. Anything that you have written down in your inventory still exists. Thank you. Hmm. The Mystic. Okay, so let's have Ren, Jeff, and Ange each roll a d20 for me. Or the Mystic. What? <laughs> Shout out to all those 12 D zeros. <laughs> Teen. Lovely. What? Max rolls on all of them. Look at that. 19. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 12 roll 12 D zero. Outstanding. <laughs> 16. Uh, all right, Jeff, a couple things here. We're going to combine the, the two. A couple of things here. Um, because we have a wild oracle and a vague vizier from last time so we're not using the the tarot but what we're going to do is we're going to combine these we're going to do a couple of combining factors here first things first jeff you're going to get advantage on the next arcana check advantage on the next arcana check as the wisdom of the knowledge you have learned here in the ruins of new of uh, old arcos Formerly New Arcos, right? The old Arcassian ruins. The knowledge has granted you 
sort of a a blessing of knowledge. Right? So seeing all of the runes, seeing all the ancient runes uh, of um, both the Arcassian people uh, and of their representation of Istia. You feel confident maybe grabbing, finding a couple of books that you were able to, to secret away in the tunnels below the city. You feel confident in your ability to, to tackle uh, all things arcane, uh, at least within the immediate vicinity. Now, that being said, after you add that to your inventory, we still have a wild card from the last time, a new wild card, which was the secret, and the mystic, which was the one that we just did. So we're going to combine the two to do two things. One, that's going to give you a special encounter from the tarot cards. So thank you for all of the hype trains, because I'm really excited that we get to do this. Secondly, the mystic has been resolved, but that's going to be combined with the new wild card. And as I pull up... Hmm... an image from the Discord. It's gonna be fun. Making me drink. Hydrate. Hydrate or die straight. Thank you, everybody. It's very important, especially if you're feeling ill. Yep, that's why I have my pink lemonade. Fire, just a wanderer. That's my roommate gives me my tea. I just have water in a large pink thermos cup. Thank At you. least there's pink. That's My the important part, ink. really. Oh, the gay color. The insulation on this thing is flipping wild, though. I can go to bed with ice water and still have ice in the morning. It's yes. So I, used I use to, it uh... for practically everything. When I had to do FedEx during the summer, when it'd be like 100, 110 outside, I would just fill the entire thing with ice, and the ice would last me all day because it was so insulated. I was like, oh, that saved my life so many days. The straw that it came with has like a little fin on the bottom, so I can use it to like stir coffee and stuff in there. It's, it's real nice. See, I have a special thermos. I have a special one that only I only use for coffee. Because I learned that if you use something regularly for coffee and then you try to put something else in it, it did not work. I wash this thing very frequently before I put other stuff in it. I have mostly stopped using it for coffee, though, because uh, the family bought me this D&D mug for yeah. Yule. Mm -hmm. So I've been using that for coffee a lot, and then I use this for, like, water and soda. Outstanding. All right. So as you depart and leave the ruins of New Arcos and the rogues of New Arcos behind you, you set out north by northwest along the Deadlands Road towards the Forbidden Tower of Osia Taras. The road winds between the eastern edge of the Dark Forbidden Tower and the western edge of the Watcher's Wood. The first leg of your journey, if you're traveling at a normal pace, 
you can travel about one hex per day comfortably at a reasonable pace. Again, using the banner of the queen here, which I will give control of to everyone. We should have control of that token. One hex a day? Yes. Oh gosh. So we're looking at like six or seven days to get to the Crimson Wood, assuming no difficulties. Mm-hmm. So one, at a normal pace. Yes. One, yeah. two, three, Yeah, but I mean, running ourselves seven. ragged isn't going to yes. do us any favors in the that war effort, so... I would recommend against. And we'll say the first day is like kind of somewhere in the middle there, so between the two hexes. So I'll just use the alt to bring it roughly over there. The first day's travel. I'd like someone to roll a d20, please. I will do it. What is that? Seven more zeros. <laughs> what does uh, 17 get me, madame? Seventeen will get you an uneventful day's travel. Woohoo! All right, so the first leg of your journey—yes, the first leg of your journey is uneventful. You still have the army behind you, roughly uh, five to ten days behind you. They are deferring to wait for the main host, right, the main bulk of the ground forces, the infantry, to march through the great northern gate. I put the loop back on here. Loop the track. Loop. Loop. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> the main leg of the infantry to come through the Great Northern Gate. Ooh. A tarot card pull from Isabeth. Switch back to. Hmm. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to roll a d20 on that. Okay. Somebody roll a... Somebody roll 2d100 for me. 2d100. We'll give it an option for the evening. 73 and 10. I am low. Yes. And a 98 if we need it. <laughs> Y'all are you level 6, right? Other dragon. Yes. We are level 6. I don't yes. know why I'm six. answering. Yes. Okay. Also level six. Level, level yeah. six. Level, yeah. But if it's two level six, it's level Aww. six, plural. Oh, those are. Uh... Oh, amazing! On the first day of your travel across the rolling plains of the western heartland just at the edge of the watcher's wood
you see a large herd of about nine elk. Beautiful elk grazing just at the edge of the heartlands of the rolling hills, the verdant plains, the greens and browns, and the beauty of the western edge of the Voskratory and the Viltherian heartland, which is also known as the breadbasket. This particular area has not been ravaged by war. The far western edges of the heartland to the west of the Shadow Tower of Telpelatul, to the west of Telpelantirith, and to the east of Ultia Terras, just south of the Watcher's Wood, has been untouched. And it is a welcome relief, a welcome sight to all of you to see these beautiful, verdant rolling hills untouched by war, this small pocket of Deltheria that has not been touched. At the start of the war, the Deadlands Path, the Deadlands Road, was used by agents of the rebellion fleeing or hiding in the western edges of the watches of the watchers wood but that was within the first two and a half to three decades of the war it has since been cleared uh, and this area has long since been able to recover there has not been any fighting here in the better part of 70 years that being said seeing this sign of life is a welcome sight and amongst Amongst this group of stags, you see a larger one, one that is different than the rest. As it lifts up its head to look directly at your group, I want to have, let's see, who got the benefit on the last one? Uh, Simeon did. Okay, so uh, Ange and Avalon, can you all roll a d20 again? And each of you roll a d20. We got another tarot. Woo! Okay. Interestingly enough, kind of reminding you of the snows of the north, famous. This elk is of a pure white color. And this white elk looks directly at you. And you're going to receive the blessing of the Wild Mother. From the next, the tarot card from Isabets, the two of beasts. So that is advantage on the next animal handling check. And also, simultaneously, a secondary encounter from the other roles that we did. In addition to another secondary encounter from the previous roles. We had a couple things going on. But the first is this great white stag looks directly at you. And y'all see kind of... Uh, this strange connection between Thamus and, and the stag as the elks and the stag slowly turn in the cool temperature of the early spring and slowly meander back into the western reaches of the Watcher's Wood, also known as the Wildlands or the, or the, the Realm of the Wild Mother. After the elks depart back into the woods, and you all have this beautiful moment where amongst the verdant plains, the rolling green hills of the, the heartland that has been untouched by war, you see this large pack of elks with a very unique white elk that looks directly at Thamus. 
as they begin to slowly walk into the woods. Does anyone do anything, or do you all just kind of let these elks continue all on their way? Does she look like she's still in control of her faculties? Yes. This doesn't seem to be a charm effect or anything. Let her go, then. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But, two more tarot cards. One from Omega Scales. And another. Ooh, that's gonna be interesting. From... Jeff. Okay, so we have two in the queue. One from Omega Scales. You pull the Artificer. Very pretty card here. The Artificer. And the other one, we're going to... This is from Jeff. We're going to save this for a second. So, as night falls on the first day, you're still along the road. Would you like to camp on the road in Ulstia Terras to the west or at the edge of the Watcher's Wood to the right? There is certainly less known activity of of rebellion scouts in Ulsia Taras. It's more of a... The woods are verdant and green, but the tower that looms above the center there is considered to be cursed and sort of extends this almost fey-like atmosphere, this fey-like mist into the rest of the, the forest. To the east, in the Watcher's Wood, especially in the western reaches, you know that there might be a relatively strong possibility of rebellion scouts or you could as the forward operating scouts here just camp just off the side of the road and try to find some place that might be suitable like behind a tree or um, a rotting branch uh, a rotting downed tree or a cluster of vegetation off the road what would y'all like to do as night begins to fall on the first day well the last time we dealt with a curse it wasn't really much of a curse at all so <laughs> I've not had any problem with curses. The... <laughs> I mean, I feel at home with Fey vibes, so. Yeah, there's something strangely familiar, isn't there? Um, I say let's check out the tower. Who knows? Maybe we can find the source of this curse too. We had a day where we didn't have to spend any resources. Let's do it. That is not in character. Uh, Simeon is isn't particular one way or the other. Um, cur cur curses are fun. Rebellion scouts are fun too. Is so? Is the tower actually two hexes away from us? Two and a half. Yes, but that would be. I ask because that would mean like two days out of our way. Yes. To actually hit the tower. To, so correct. So that would yes. Affect things. Uh, it would. It, it the apparently some seltzer cans just fell over, but they were closed, so that's good. The tower itself is in the appropriate hex, again, each hex being twenty miles. So it would be a little. I think you know for if you're closer to the edge of the forest, there, uh, it's an entire day out of your way, but you could camp in at the edge of the wood right so think of it kind of like kind of like fangorn forest it's not dead it's very much alive but it has a reputation similar to fangorn which is why the rebels I, also I stay say, out of there i say let's stay in this 
in this copse of trees and deal with the water's wood during the day. Works for Sounds me. Sounds like a plan to me. Reasonable. Yep. I have a D I have a GM question. Okay. I hope I can provide a GM answer. <laughs> uh, towards the end of last session, I gave my item to somebody at New Arcos to appraise and identify and all that, and I forgot about it until we already left. Oh, get it back. yes. What was the? It was the the brooch of. It was. It was the death queen's opal. Death Queen's Opal. Okay, very good. Very good. Uh, it is... So it was identified as the Death Queen's Opal. It has a unique ability. It is not fully activated. There seems to be additional layers of... Additional layers of magic that seem to dwell within the Death Queen's Opal. Um, that even those mages who attempted to identify uh, stated that it was not fully complete. There were missing elements of emptiness. The magic that was able to be detected was that it has one very specific charge. The bearer of this amulet, whenever their HP, whenever they fail three death saves in any way, right? So their HP drops to zero and they fail three death saves in any way. Whenever a character dies, the death opal will shatter and it will revive them. But it requires attunement and it will prevent the amulet from being the opal. It's an amulet. It will prevent the amulet from being fully charged. So if you if you use this without powering up the Death Queen's opal fully, you will not get the additional effects. Okay. In which case, we're just gonna keep it. We're just gonna keep it buried in my pouch for now. And okay. See if. See if when we get to where we're going, a different mage can give me a more detailed answer. I will tell you that you are confident that it is beyond the capability of any of the any of the mages here. But if you find, you might be able to find someone beyond the scope of the queen. You haven't given up hope on that, so. But you are confident that uh, the your peers and colleagues in uh, the Seva Korar are confident that additional information is needed to all but the oldest or wisest of sages in Arcana. Even beyond Nazgris? Yes. Well, it the, what? there there is an element that without having direct knowledge of the other parts so think of it kind of like it is a brooch and the central brooch is sort of like has this silver frame around it the stylized silver frame that is sort of like the shape of like a wreath and atop there are three open skulls 
and in the mouth of each of the skulls, there seems to be an empty socket for three other gems. Oh, right. So, scary. so this is like this is a black opal that is in the center, and it has this very intense shimmer and sheen to it, despite it being a dark opaque opal. Uh, and the open skulls above the wreath have the other three empty sockets. And what Nazgris or any of the other uh, high tower mages uh, or our dragons would tell you was that without the other three sockets, it's the actual energy here is coming up as nondescript, is that it's technically just a socket. So it's not able to be identified because the magic is not there. But they know that there that once the other pieces are activated, it almost becomes a different item. And it has this magical uh, transmutive property about it, almost this, this illusive and transmutive property, like nothing they had ever seen. It's very special and very unique. We're getting into like vestige of divergence territory here. Alright, in which case it's gonna I'm not going to attune it yet. Okay. <laughs> if at all. But we're just going to put it we're going to put it away and keep all of that in mind for when we meet people outside of known loyalties. Okay. All right. So, general consensus is y'all are camping at the edge of Ulcia Taras, a.k.a. very similar to Fangorn Forest? I do believe so. Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. What madness drove them in there? <laughs> so as you sort of make your way into the, the edge of the forest, you can see from a distance it appears very green, very lush. But the closer you get, the more looming the and the trees become like there's this largesse amongst them and the trees themselves almost seem to sway and breathe as you enter and there's this very thin veil of mist that kind of pervades the forest and in the distance you can see just the tip of the spires of Ulcia Taras itself Right, the dark tower, the shadowed, the shadowed sentinel, the monolith, one of the largest monoliths in Valtheria, possibly Arcassian of origin, seeing as they built substantial, significant monoliths and obelisks and towers, most of which are death traps and are known to be death traps. So, sort of a very traditional first D&D dungeon, right? That's kind of the stuff that New Arcos was into. You need a 10-foot pole to touch everything, that sort of thing. <laughs> Clematis is the 10-foot pole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so who would like to, and I know that some of y'all have advantage on this uh, based on previous tarot pulls, but who would like to uh, make a survival check to try and find a somewhat safe place? have advantage on my next survival check so i can do it okay all right so as we were as we were walking over could i have played some music to provide some bardic inspiration absolutely okay so, so yeah as we were looking uh rin is just sort of softly strumming um not really a marching song kind of it's like skyrim overworld music like it's just it's just kind of chill mm -hmm. vibes you know 
lo fi beats that. to uh, camp to. Is that a D8? <laughs> Does that add a D6 or a D8? I believe it's a D8. Let me double check. Yes. Bardic Inspiration is... Drumroll, please. We can clap to a general perception. D8. D8. Yes, absolutely. Clem, perception? Yeah, he just wants to... 27. He, Good God. He wants to peek around and look because this is feeling more Feyrealdy than anything else Okay. around here. He just All wants right. to see if anything interesting is here. Sure. All right. Clem kind of also does a perimeter sweep. Clem, go ahead and make a perception check. And Terra immediately begins to kind of take off in a beeline about a few hundred feet into the forest, kind of naturally finding this path, kind of doing a little zigzag serpentine. And you all like, OK, uh, Clem kind of scouting around the borders. Uh, and uh, what was your perception, Clem? Using my tides of chaos. OK. <laughs> To give you advantage, uh, okay. And that's the, yeah, ne the next. He's he's very curious. That's the next time you cast a spell, right? I can declare it. Next time I cast a leveled spell. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. So when you use your tides of chaos to give yourself advantage, what little kind of uh, visual quirk happens, if any? Do you have something that goes along with that? Sure. Yeah. As he is kind of looking around he the spices and extra rum have kind of perked him up a little bit and his nose starts to twitch a little bit as he's trying to get a good smell of the area too just mm -hmm. sensing the magics around him and there's if someone were to get a closer look at his face there are like glitterings of magic like little sparkling fey magics that seem to be coming from his eyes and his nose as he's, you know, just peeking around all the trees trying to get used to this trippy new environment that he's experiencing. Okay. Alright, and as that happens, you kind of immerse yourself in the mist and you're, you do just a little bit of a sneeze, like a uh, and as your nasal passages open and you get a big whiff of sort of the mist and the the actual essence of the forest here. Go ahead and make an insight check for me at advantage because you're from the Feywild. So go ahead and make an insight check. In the meantime, Rin, you. you're the only one that hasn't received a benefit from a tarot card, correct? I believe so, yes. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, you're not playing your artificer here, but this would default to you. But you do play an artificer in our other Heaven's Fire game, 220 years in the future. So the artificer card from Omega Scales is going to go to you. So roll a d4 for me, Rin, in the meantime. Uh, also, Clem, what'd you get for that insight roll? I got a six because I drank a lot of rum. All right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, as far as perception. You got a six with advantage? <laughs> yes. A five and wow. a six. Oh, no. Yikes. Uh, in the meantime, Clem, as far as you kind of, it's strange, it's unusual, it's foreign, it's alien. You can't quite put your finger on it, but there is something wrong. And by wrong, I mean out of place about this forest. It could be fey influence. You've seen that sort of rolling mist, but if it is, it's no fey that you've ever encountered before, unfortunately. Ren, what'd you get for your d your d4? I got a four. OK. 
Okay. Did you see that? Did you see her eyes go wide? Yeah. <laughs> what? What'd it do? <clears throat> What'd it do? You'll see. Okay. All right. Or maybe so, I won't. Who knows? As as you are all kind of following Tara, you Tara, you come across this perfect clearing about uh, five to six hundred feet. And again, that was a Tara pull from Omega Scales. So thank you, Omega Scales. About five or six hundred feet into the forest, you find this perfect clearing that is perfectly hidden from the road. And Tara, you feel very proud of yourself as you come to the center of the clearing. Uh, what do you do as you kind of find this absolutely perfect spot? Tara is extremely proud of herself. Survival is not necessarily one of her strong suits. So the fact that she was able to find this perfect clearing, um, she's incredibly proud of herself and she's just kind of calling out to everybody. Hey, come on, look, look, we can camp here. It's, It's nice, it's clear. We're far enough from the road that nobody can find us, but we can still hear if people are coming by. She's, she's very excited. And you, Final Fantasy victory music plays. You all, <laughs> you all kind of figure out why she's so excited. As you can see this perfect, beautiful clearing in the center of this verdant grove. And there are little fireflies that start to start to buzz around. And as the sun sets, there's this perfect gap in the canopy here amongst this little verdant veil where the moonlight kind of starts to shine through ever so perfectly. Can we just stay here forever? It is very beautiful. have a job to do. Does this area happen to be rimmed by a, a line of mushrooms, perhaps? There, are, there are some. There are some what appear to be edible mushrooms that have sort of like uh, a very robust-looking brown uh, cap to them, brown and and, and white cap, um, kind of reminiscent of uh, something you may have, y'all may have seen before, but a very specific type of, of mushroom, very thick, robust, very meaty that sort of lines different areas of this of this grove. So, potential dinner here as well. Well, would Thamus have been in this general area before? Spending most of your time in the north, I would say likely not. Because, uh, again, based on the recap, Thamus would have been, had spent uh, several years, yeah, up in Frostfar with the Winter Wolves and the Sixth Legion, the Sixth, uh, or sort of the Sixth. Sixth Army and the first, the Sixth Deernath and the first Gnomish Grenadiers. So having spent time with the Sixth Deernath, the first Gnomish Grenadiers, better part of a decade, probably, um, based on your service record, four, four to six years plus. Um, it's very rare that most citizens of the Vascratoria or of the, the, the Seva Korar, as it is at, at this time, um, Kind of tend to avoid the Deadlands Road and the woods by Ulsia Terras. Tell Pelantirith where you started, uh, aka the previous Darkhold, right? Tell Pelantirith is the, the far tower, the watchtower. Um, Tell Pelantirith is kind of like the border of the lands. So it's kind of unlikely. Um. 
did I have I ever come across any um any stories about hold on I need to move the token because I can't see the... yeah I can't move the token uh this place have I heard of any stories of it either historical or folkloric Make a history check. And also, I'm getting a little bit of an echo from somebody. I don't know who it is, but make sure to check your, your PTTs, your push-to-talks, just because we got a little... That's coming from Avalon, too, so I think maybe somebody's uh, setup might be echoing a little bit. I think we fixed it. Okay, we're good. We're good. Thank you. Uh, history check, please, and thank you for uh, checking the PTT. And history check. Also, did I skip anybody? Anybody waiting for a pending something? No, I'm just thinking. <laughs> it was a 13 Clem... on that history check. Clem is going to go to a tree and start to carve. Okay. Clem carve something. Trees. Carve something into the tree. Like he's trying to mark it. Also, by the way, with your previous 18 perception, Clem, you are confident that there is, at least right now, nothing dangerous that is encroaching upon you. It is safe to set up camp, at least. No, no, Nobody lurking in the trees, nobody lurking in the shadows, no rebels, no strange wizards or anything like that. Yay! Uh, yes, yeah, so, but the nature of this, based on your six insight, is kind of unique and alien to you as you come up and start carving into a tree. Okay. Bedroll on the right edge. Okay, so the road is actually, Simeon, the, ro the road is about 600 feet uh, from where you are. Are you sleeping a little bit away from the group as like a forward scout? Uh, more more just like in the clearing, but on the road the side of the clearing. Gotcha, perfect. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, and 13 history. Yes, you know that the, that Osia Taras, it said that an ancient that this tower is older than even the Arcassian Empire, which was, at this point, 1,100 years ago, right? The fall of the Arcassian Empire was 1,100 years ago. The Shadow Tower predates, predates the Arcassian Empire exactly by how many years? is unknown. The outside looks to be covered in moss and is made of sort of this uh, polished obsidian that has weathered all kinds of natural disasters and the passage of time. Does it look similar to the obelisk that I found in the tunnels? It has enough of a difference it doesn't look okay so i, yeah, I don't they, they look distinct correct yeah you're you're not that getting that that vibe though though you 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 have there are a few there are stories of ancient old ones that existed before the time of the gods that were wiped out by a global catastrophe um this ancient race of old gods that was hit by some natural disaster that caused them to uh, be erased from existence. 
The gods themselves were said to have found evidence of their existence here, but this doesn't seem, this seems like something different. You you have a thought, and you're like, I wonder, and you're like, no, I don't think, if they look, they have a distinct, uh, distinctive feeling. Right, I get there, it. There is an old folkloric tale, though, about uh, a sorceress who built the tower several thousand years before the rise of the Arcassian Empire. A sort of an old sagely woman and it was sort of like a beacon of this anarchistic sort of independent city-state society that existed before the the rise of the Arcassian Empire and that uh, she was sort of like um, a, a sage that sort of oversaw these collective city-states or these townships but any more information than that kind of escapes you but the last resident seems no, to be this this old sage. Yeah. Alright. Famous <sighs> is gonna suggest as, as we're all getting kind of set up mm -hmm. for the night, Famous is gonna suggest we set up a walk. Set up an order for watch. I'm happy to take first watch. Uh, Simeon will take uh, middle watch. Or a middle watch, depending on how many we break it into. Just wake me up when you want me to do watch. I don't care when. Fair enough. Okay, so um, who's on first again? <laughs> Rin. Rin, okay. Rin is. Alright, and just Rin? No wrong answer. Uh, that's a darn good question. Do, we, <laughs> do this? In do we want to do this in pairs or? Um, we can. I mean, we could even stagger them. Bren could could be on watch for like the first part of it, um, and then somebody can join her, and they can kind of we can kind of stagger the watches stagger that way. Overlap. Yeah. That okay. doesn't make a huge difference to me whatever we want to do same just didn't want us to didn't want to ignore that okay so from the artificer I need to get my other notebook so give me one second this is from your tarot card poll from before but I need a different notebook for that Hey, Ben, roll a d20 for me, please. Uh, that's an 18. All right. Oh, this is going to be interesting. One, two, three, four, five, six. It is always fun when the DM has to go and get the other notebook. I'm hoping for uh, 18 of those little minion bots from uh, Megamind. What? Oh, I was going to think like 18 Modrons. I love the Modrons. They're so goofy. I want to use them so bad. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> 
with an 18. I'm not going to tell you why. But you have the option. 18 gives you the option to roll again. If you want. Or you can stick with the 18. Let's play deal or no deal. Um... 18, 19, 20 gives you the option to re-roll or to keep the 18, 19, 20. I don't know what I'm rolling for. I'm going to go ahead and keep it. Okay. All right. As you are setting up for the evening, setting up your bedrolls, some of y'all are taking watch, are preparing to take second or third watch. Rin by themselves, right? Yeah. That we established? Okay. Uh, she's she's going to find a sturdy looking tree branch and uh, just sit above the group if she can. Okay. I think Clem would just be wandering around in general. Maybe mm. not within Rin's vicinity, but at least up. There is uh there is no benefit or there, there is no um no detriment to failure, but go ahead and roll an athletics check. Athletics or acrobatics for me, your choice, as you try to clamber up a tree. The only downside will be possible embarrassment for people that haven't fallen asleep yet. <laughs> okay, well that's a natural two on the dice. Okay. Uh for a total of six. Okay, so so Ren kind of spends the better part of the next twenty minutes um trying to clamber up a tree. Uh, possibly the same tree that Clem had uh, drawn a crude bunny face into. Uh, that you kind of notice on, on your way down, you kind of look face to face with this this crude bunny face and just kind of, oh, I guess that's what Clem was uh, etching into the tree. Uh, and for another 20 minutes, you're trying and you're kind of like having a moment where you look up at, at the tree and you're just, oh geez. And you can't really, the trees here aren't really meant for climbing. They're like sort of they're old and gnarled in a way that you can't really get a good position. They're kind of slippery. This, They have this mossy um, sheen to them. And there's also some sap and you're like, Ugh. and it's really hard to, to, to climb. Um, but after about 20 minutes, you kind of look back up uh, at it and you kind of take a few steps back and the back of your heel bumps into something. Um, I, I think as she's backing up, loot is, uh, loot. Rin is swinging the loot around. This loot. <laughs> like she's going to try to cast a spell. Okay. And uh, Tree goop, as yes. her, <clears throat> as her foot hits the thing, she will stop and look at it. See what it is. Okay. So you kind of see just the very tip of something in the dirt. And it seems to be sort of like this, uh, it's covered in dirt and grime, but it seems to be sort of a, like a, a, a shiny sort of steely color, sort of steel pale blue, perhaps. Just like the tip of something sort of pointed. Um, She'll snap her fingers and Merlin will sort of like curl, like he'll snap into existence, curl around her arm and into the ground and sort of help her dig it out. Okay, oh, so Merlin is what kind of a familiar again? A weasel. Weasel, okay, weasel. so yes, um, the weasel could and immediately yeah, starts digging in the ground. And after a couple of minutes, you you see what ends up being this very dirty, very grimy, old sort of triangular plate that seems to have these... It really is first one's tech. Uh, <laughs> it seems sorry. to have these, no, it's sort of like steel and the central 
uh, the, the side panels uh, have like these very strange foreign runes. Think of the runes on Shira's sword. Uh, kind of, yeah, really is first one's tech. Uh, very reminiscent of first one's tech. And it has this pale blue um, finish to it uh, on the inside. Sort of a steel frame and this sort of pale blue um, finish that is covered in centuries of, of dirt. So I think uh, Rin will give up on trying to climb the tree. Um, she'll she'll sit down with her back to the tree, leaning against the, the old gnarled tree and um, spend a few minutes with prestidigitation just cleaning off the, the thing she found. Okay. Um, and just start taking her watch as she works on that. I have several things that I would like to do during my watch, and I'm sorry for it. But, yeah. That's Okay. What would you like to do so, during your watch? So, um, I need to ritual cast identify a couple of times uh, okay. for the thing that I just found, and for the obelisk that was found in the in the tunnels. Okay. Um, I took identify at level six. Um, and then after that, I want to do a couple of sendings. One to um, one to my dad, and one to Ginny. Okay. Her right. name is still Ginny, yes? Yes, she was an OC. Yes, Ginny Faye. She was an OC. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, so two things. The obelisk is, first and foremost, the obelisk is the obelisk. It is the obelisk of blades. And it allows telepathic communication with the mistress of blades. And you can use it as a sending stone to communicate with this mistress or matron of blades, whoever that may be. But now that you have identified it, as soon as you finished catching, uh, casting identify, there are like these, the runes glow so, this dull purple when they kind of. I thrum. actually actually have flavor for how she do that. Okay. Um. So. Rain sets up the obelisk just on a flat stone or something and sure. gently very very gently runs her fingers over the surface as she's doing that she sort of like sings different notes different octaves just up and down scales until she feels the surface vibrate slightly and it, once she does she just sort of holds that note and just tries to channel her magic to match the frequency of the object to unlock its secrets, as it were. Okay. And the rest of you kind of have this very strange sort of lucid dreams or sort of uh, whether you're dreaming or, or for those that, that are light sleepers can hear Ren kind of humming and kind of to this obelisk against the tree and it kind of resonates with her frequencies and has this sort of dull purple thrum to it. It's very disconcerting for the rest of you. Um, but towards at the end of that, after about 10 minutes is when you kind of, it clicks where you believe that if you kind of speak into this in sort of a melodic way, like, like you, like, like you have been, that you can at least send messages to whatever 
uh, you are confident that whatever is on the other end of this obelisk will uh, will hear you. It also is one of eight. You know that it is one of eight. A collector's item. Yes. One of eight obelisks. This is the obelisk of blades. I have to gather this magic now. Um, sorry. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, I will adjust notes on my character sheet and such. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, same, same routine with the object she found in the dirt. Um, okay. same, same process, but different frequencies, obviously, because different object, but mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, another 10 minutes of, of sort of humming from Rin against the tree. For some of you, for the first one, it was kind of a disconcerting sound, especially because the obelisk was glowing and humming back. This one is much more gentle. And for those that were on the, on the edge of sleep, the song itself changes from something that is confusing and disconcerting to something that has a bit of, that has a very calming, soothing effect to it. A couple things here, and a lot of this is my own DM flavor. The object itself, like the, like the brooch of the Queen of Death, right? In that same fashion, there is magical residue, right? It seems like it was once a magical item, but it is not complete. What you do figure out from your identify is that there is a base and three other panels, uh, four other panels that click into the base and you can close them to I'm sorry so sorry a pyramid that op yeah a pyramid that opens up is four sides yeah so it has four it's a pyramid there's four sides to the pyramid and then the base of the pyramid the square the base and the other three sides are lost but if you find all four pieces, which is why I give people the option to re-roll, because rather it's sort of a, a very specific sort of lore item. So, but it's pretty cool. I like I like this item a lot. Well, the good news is Ren is a lore bard, so yes. Okay, perfect. So that works out perfectly. Um, what can I what can I call this thing for the purpose of notes? It is. And think of what we had called it. It is a fragment of a sentinel. It's a sentinel fragment. Not like X-Men, but the, it's hard to describe. It is sort of like it's it will have a different name once it's complete but the the idea that you're getting is that the same word keeps coming into your into your mind. Sort of watcher guardian sentinel um message uh that it's some kind of it contains some kind of message or 
fragment that is connected to this guardian or watcher or observer or sentinel. Some, something that has to do with sort of observing this world. And it is a fragment of, of whatever this watcher or observer is. And once it's complete, you believe that it will contain some invaluable information or message or code um, or something that you know to be very important in general. And it does have an element of divine magic to it, too. It is sort of a combination of... It's a combination of artifice and divine magic rolled into one. It's very, it seems to be very mechanical in nature, which is something you get from identifying it, but also has this element of, of divine magic about it. Would I, and I totally understand because this is outside the purview of the spell, but mm -hmm. would I have the impression that this is Arcassian in origin or that it is more in line with whoever made this tower? Make an arcana check for me. Sure. Uh, could I possibly have advantage because of the sage background somehow? Does the sage background give you advantage on Arcana checks? No, no, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, by the by, the rules as written, no, it does not. Uh, but I rolled a natural one, and I don't want to. So, unfortunately, uh, without a specific mechanic or tarot card advantage, it kind of eludes you at at the time. Could be. Oh wait, hold on, I have deep inspiration. Oh, okay, cool. Total 19. Okay, 19. Um, you get the feeling, and your kind of heart skips a beat, maybe with excitement or apprehension, but this is clearly something unique. That is neither, doesn't seem to be, it, it, it may have at some point been inside of Ulcia Terras, but right now it is, you found it uh, at, the, at the edge of the outskirts of... Um, of the woods of Ulcia Terras, sorry, of the surrounding wooded area. So the, both the tower and the woods that surround it is all known as the same region, right? So the whole region is just Ulcia right. Terras. Um, but it was found at the very edges, and it seems to be entirely unique. Definitely, likely not Arcassian, likely not Arcassian, but definitely something that seems completely unique. Um, Fantastic. You do... You do get the sense that you've seen similar similar etchings when used in very, very old cave paintings uh, and other ancient tablets that refer to the gods with this sort of um, constellation-like imagery. You have such, yeah, you have such lights to show you. Okay, sending to your dad. Uh, yeah. Well, which would you prefer doing first, Jimmy uh, let's, or let's do your dad first, Jacob? Okay. Give me a moment. Yep. Okay. Just make sure you're uh, subtracting your spell slots appropriately because you still haven't completed the long rest yet. Yep, I will. Um. <sighs> okay. So, just a quick check in to make sure I'm not misremembering anything. 
we decided because of the change in setting mm -hmm. obviously a lot of backstory stuff changed yes. as well yep that rin's dad is currently with trick a friend of the family that essentially helped him break out of um Odor's prison right uh, I, I think what we had I think what we had established was that that is a possibility. But we know uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to recon that you haven't actually made contact because it was a different story. So if you wanted to officially have that moment where you make contact now, because we made some changes, that's what we can do. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because, um... Yeah, but th there were some changes that went along with the whole different. I had a couple of ideas, but. Um... I think you, we had talked about the possibility of, of Trick having rendezvoused with him or maybe attempting, maybe you thinking or hoping that Trick could potentially give you some more information, but um, kind of finally gathering the courage to, to send that message because you haven't heard from your father in some time. I think this is a good opportunity to do that. Or we can say that you had attempted to make contact and there was no response, so you're trying again. No. Um, no, that's fine. Uh, can I possibly have like 30 seconds to reword the message absolutely because i was yeah. operating under a different a different assumption. yeah yeah, yeah go ahead. i'm i am so sorry that i'm like taking all the time everyone is sleepy beans in the meantime uh who's taking second watch again don't think we ever settled on any order. I don't think anyone else even necessarily cared beyond a tell me when I'm going. Well, Simi was interested in taking a middle watch, but I didn't know how many we okay. were going to divide into, so it was like it sounded like it was going to be Usually. Uh, Ren and Famous first, and then Simeon and Terra second. It sounded like, but I don't I don't know if that that's you know, gospel there. Oh, well, uh, famous are, are you on first wa uh, watch as well, or is it just Ren? You know, sure, we'll say that, and basically famous would just be have her shield up and kind of doing a perimeter walk. Okay, all right. So classic, classic military style, because some things you can't unlearn. Perfect. Uh, well, famous, you you see Ren take twenty minutes to kind of sing to these two objects. In the meantime, during your perimeter. So do you react to that at all? Outside of outside of the outside of acknowledging that Rin is doing caster things and not in any danger, nope. Okay. All right. So uh, perception check from Famous as Rin is doing the identification and some communication, some correspondence. So perception check from Famous. This is going to be garbage. When you're ready, I have reworked things. Okay. Um Sorry, I was trying to make sure it was actually 25 words. Uh... I, as a uh, perception of seven. What's your uh, passive? Because it's going to default to your passive as you're on a perpetual watch for several hours. Uh, passive is not much better. 11. 11. Okay. All right. So it's going to default to 11 because you're on a regular watch. Okay. Uh, but uh, otherwise, you don't see anything. It seems to be very quiet. Um... Rin, go ahead with that message to your father, who uh, last known whereabouts about a year and a half ago um, in Savosa after it was sacked by Odor's Rebellion. Yeah, and he was assumed to be a spy. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Dad, it's Rin. Are you okay? Where are you now? I'm safe in the south currently. 
can you meet me somewhere? Only 25 words response. There's sort of a long pause, probably about a minute and a half, two minutes or so, like there was last time. Uh, and then, having changed up the story again, having, having changed up personalities and cities and towns, uh, you kind of hear a response, knowing that he uh, was sort of recruited uh, as, was very patriotic, was recruited as uh, uh, sort of someone who could double as a, as a, a spy, uh, and had been working with the local constabulary and with the Order of the Blazing Shield. You hear a response, and that's just seemingly in distress as he does not seem to have acknowledged or fully comprehended the 25 words or less he says it twice they killed everyone they burned everything they dragged half of us back to Baraktal. Tortured us. Killed the... And it cuts off. Rin frowns deeply at that. And Thamus would probably notice a new look for Rin. Anger. She looks angry at whatever she just heard. She sort of looks at the ground for a second with the frown and then just shakes her head and uh, continues with the next thing that she wanted to do. Give me just a sec. Wait, I actually have three of those slots. Um, sorry. Uh, second sending to Jenny. Okay. Jenny Fay, our favorite leader of the Rogues Guild of yes. New Arcos. Uh, just to double check on that, basically everything that happened happened, right? Like her personality is still the same yep. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, it's... Oh, uh, sorry. No, I was going to say, Tilburton and the Arcassian Ruins are kind of like a, a one-off that is, you know, unique, so... Sure. <clears throat> hey, it's Rin. Checking in to see how things are progressing after we left. Don't let anyone push you around. 25 words only for messages. Okay. Kind of a very quick response. Well, uh... Um, doesn't count as a word. <laughs> the military's kind of throwing their weight around. But... True to your word... They're repairing all the infrastructure. Construction project's underway. And rum. That's what's really important. Yes. Um, 
And you know that the um, the Tempest Riders and the and the Outriders, um, the cavalry regiments have sort of this old tradition of sharing rum. Cool. Um. All right. That brings a soft smile. Um. But after that, uh, Rand will just start pacing around the uh, around the camp a little bit and just sort of try to keep watch with the rest of the time after spending like half an hour doing all that stuff. Okay. All right. Awesome. First watch passes without incident. You trade off once to... Rin is, once Rin is done with the hmm? rituals and casting, Famous will actually just kind of come over, make sure you're okay, and just leave it as if there's anything you'd like to talk about, I will happily listen. It's... I'm not sure how to talk about it yet. Um... Do we know, uh, in universe, have we been told, aside from what Rin knows, that Savosa has burned? Like, is that yes. common knowledge? Yes, yep. So, uh, this was about... So in midsummer of 1134, Savosa was sacked entirely. It's common knowledge. And it was allegedly in response to a very public uh, ransom and kidnapping attempt from pirates of Redantis Isle, right? An isle just um, uh, about 20 miles southeast uh, off the coast of where Bastion's Hold is. You know that there was there has been a group of, of pirates that had been operating there uh about two decades after the war started uh, kind of opportunistic and about at the about four decades into the conflict they started harassing and harrying both sides now in the spring of 1134 a, sh uh, a ship a royal ship uh, a sloop a scout ship had been sunk by a small fleet of about five of these um they would call themselves the viridian the viridian pirates right or just the um the viridian alliance or the viridian concierge sometimes um but the viridian alliance had sunk this royal sloop sailed north by northwest along the western coast of Valtheria, where they then intercepted a ship off the coast of Baraktal, which is all Odor's territory, that was carrying his wife and his son, who was about 19 at the time, from Isildale to the western reaches of Baraktal, where, where there is a uh, large harbor just on the western edge of the snow-covered forest there. Uh, that connects to sort of the rear entrance of the mountain fortress. The pirates had boarded the ship. And in the process of this sort of botched ransom attempt, his wife and his son were killed. Now, he claims that this is a false flag operation and has said that it was the crown that was behind it all along. And the rebels seem to have embraced this and it's their new battle cry. Shortly thereafter, in midsummer, was when they unleashed after after sort of spending 
the past three decades building up their forces, it unleashed this new massive assault, this renewed assault, and swept like wildfire through the central region of Savosa, the Savosa region, um, sort of slaughtering everyone in their path. And the battle cry has been for Virith or for Magnus. Uh, and Odror claims he has proof that it is a false flag operation. But there are there's doubt on both sides, as even individuals, merchant mariners from Isildale, you know, many people claimed and have seen and confirmed the validity. The pirates were chased off shortly thereafter. Uh, two of the ships making it back to Verdantis Isle, three of them being sunk by Odor's fleet in response. Okay. So, I, I don't recall if I've said this, but I'm originally from Savosa. And when it was raised, my father was taken because they believed he was a spy and I managed to run I've just found out that he is going through hell in Baraktal and I'm not sure what to do with the information yet That is a decision only you can make. You're right. Whatever you decide to do. I'll have your back. I appreciate that. I, I think right now the only thing I can do is just keep doing what we're doing. Just stay with the group and keep serving the crown as it were. And Thamus, you know exactly how vicious this assault was. You're the only reason that the entirety of the North was not conquered. They they attacked Savosa and made their way up to Frostfar with such vitriol, like nothing you had ever seen. But the Winter Wolves, the Six Dirnaith, and the First Gnomish Grenadiers, you had an advantage. You had cannons, which you prototypes which you unleashed for the first time cannons mortars and prototype black powder rifles it was a resounding victory at the third the fourth battle of hillsfar there had been three previous battles each time just barely holding the battle of uh, frostfar so it was the fourth battle of frostfar and it only lasted Two nights. Because the cannons, the mortars, and the black powder rifles had sent them scurrying back. But there was such a vitriol in the faces and the battle cries that it was sort of like fighting against this unrivaled ferocity that you had never seen in any of the previous battles at Frostfar. This something was different about about the fervor of Odor's rebels. But again, with your uh, with your 12 prototype cannons your 
three mortars and your two dozen black powder rifles, you very easily made quick work of them. The cannons by themselves were devastating enough, as were the mortars. Being up north at Hillsfar, I saw a lot. Frostfar, sorry. At Frostfar, there. I know, it's confusing for all of us. I, I said Tilverton earlier. Okay, I saw a lot, and those those rebels. I've never seen anything like that. And I may never again. It was very much an intense battle when when they attacked. I'm sorry you experienced that. I'm sorry you lost your home. And I'm glad your father's alive. Yeah, me too. It's... I don't know, it's... it's. He always wanted me to try to be kind. To be... considerate, and to try to see the good in everything. But... It feels like there's so... so much brutality and cruelty in this war and I don't okay. know what to do with it we put an end to the war I guess that's what our purpose is isn't it <sighs> I've made my peace with the brutality and subsequently just try to minimize minimize the devastation as best there's a I lot can. of irony there's a lot of irony in that sentence you've made peace with the brutality and the devastation uh, sorry unintentional um, too <laughs> when you've I made a choice to join the military because I had because that was the best of my options then. Little did I know then what I would do, what this war would turn into. I I joined the crown for safety. I'm I'm barely of age. It's If it weren't for fearing for my own safety, I don't think I'd be a part of this. I I think I'd have tried to stay home and and help my father as much as I could, but that's it. I I don't think I would be here. If it weren't for the sacking of Savosa. Well, 
regardless of the reasons, I can honestly say I'm proud to call you part of our team. There's this sort of soft smile. I, I appreciate that. And I'm proud to call each of you a friend and a partner in all of this. Okay. Awesome. Shout out to the Hamilton blanket. I'm sorry, that's not related. Yeah, no. <laughs> but shout out to uh, Husky's Hamilton blanket. Yes. Oh, wow. Really? That's Agreed. amazing. Hey, babe. Hamilton blanket. Sorry, my partner just walked in and uh, we're both Hamilton fans. So what? very cool. Whoa. I got just. I was lucky enough to get to see that. it on stage a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, same. Did you go to Boston? Yes. We might have been at the same show. That's... I'll have to, we'll have to talk after. Course. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So, second watch. Who's taking second watch? Uh, I think Tara and Simeon? Sounds right. And, and or. Is the night being split into three or four watches? Three, I think. So I think that'll... Three. I usually okay. do three. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Tara, Tara and Simeon, after about three, three and a half hours or so, three hours... You are roused. Rin and Thamus get the chance to retire for the evening. And Terra and Simeon, it is now your watch. Anything specific that the two of you would like to do uh, or say on your watch? Not for Terra. No, I, I think Simeon is going to sort of, you know, just at, while, while he is going on patrol, um, you know, we'll stop and sort of sketch and work on the design that he's thinking about for his tattoo. But otherwise, uh, not not much anything in particular. Okay, perfect. So uh, either you can each make perception checks or one of you can make a perception check at advantage for the evening. Um, I would like to use my inspiration. Okay, so in, in, was that an individual yeah. role? Uh, as an individual role. Okay, yeah. all right. So Tara, go ahead and roll perception as well. Hopefully Eleven. Eleven. What are your passives? Uh, Simeon's passive is sixteen. Twelve. But he, but he rolled a eight. Okay, eight. And what was your passive again, Tara? Twelve. Twelve. Okay, both twelve. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> you both have this moment where you're kind of walking around the perimeter and you kind of, it's been about an hour and a half into your watch and you both have a minute where you kind of reconvene after kind of meeting in the center and both kind of uh, nod at each other. And then you're kind of standing face to face at the edge of this clearing. And you can hear just sort of at the edge of your periphery, just sort of like this loud sort of breathing and sniffing. 
uh, Simeon will turn to to where he thinks the sound is coming from. Okay. Uh, and will sort of sneak over. There, as soon as you turn, because you your passives are not high enough, <laughs> you see a sort of a shape just at the edge of the tree line, about five or ten feet from you. And it rears up on its hind legs and just... And there is a very large brown grizzly bear. And it's just kind of... At the edge of the, the forest. What are the, what are the rest of your passive perceptions? Jack squat. <laughs> I think mine is 11. Let me double. Okay. Yeah. Print is 11. like, okay. <laughs> I, I seem to remember that Simeon was the most perceptive of the entire crew with the 16. So wow. I actually have a 13. Everybody else. Uh, Rin's is 12. My apologies. R Rin and Themis are both snoring, but Clem, you, you kind of, you hear something. And you kind of, and like this kind of low rumbling. Just slowly wake up, still a little drunk on the rub. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a very large grizzly bear on its hind legs, kind of uh, growling and snarling at Tara and Simeon. Tara, Simeon, what do y'all do? Should I punch it? Uh, yeah, Simeon wants to make an animal handling check to see if he has the wherewithal <laughs> to know do I are we supposed to be big okay. to scare off a bear or do you run away from bears? Famous do what? You thing. have you have the animal handling uh, advantage, right? From the jeez, yep. uh, <laughs> your passive perception is eleven. All right, Famous and Ren, both of you make perception checks as Clem kind of uh, just uh, uh, shakes himself awake. Just what? Well, uh, natural floor up. It was a natural four on the dice. Okay. Rin <laughs> keeps snoring. Famous. And I rolled a t and I rolled a two. Rin and Famous just roll over. <laughs> Face the other direction. Simeon, go ahead and make an animal handling check for me. This is from the other a tarot card from a while ago. The beast. It is. Ooh. Okay. All right. 19. This is not yet a combat encounter. With a 19. Dirty 19, uh, which is a natural, what's your natural 19. Okay, that's pretty damn good. You're pretty confident that you've at, you've read several field manuals at, at some point that say you're supposed to make yourself big and aggressive when there are bears. Big and aggressive? I mean, I could be a shark. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Simeon just, I, I, Big and aggressive. Big and aggressive. Tara will immediately shape shift into her big shark form. Okay, Tara just... And at this point, Thamus and Ren, you, you both wake up, and Tara lets out a shout, and the shark, the rock shark form, just kind of emerges, and you make yourself large, and you're standing eye to eye with this thing, and you just kind of... Right? Go ahead and make an intimidation check at advantage. Because A, you did the right thing, and B, you're very large. Large. I got a natural oh. 20! Oh, shit! Hey. Natural 20! Okay, so as you kind of just... How do you do this with style? Tell me how you... Like, what do you do? Do you slam your fists together? Do you stomp on the ground? Because <laughs> this thing just... So Tara shifts, and she has that, like... 
rage-fueled adrenaline and she kind of like as she's shifting she kind of jumps up in front of it and lands and kind of slams her fists together and just kind of growls at it okay all right as you do the kind of growl this thing it just and kind of turns its torso drops back down on all fours and just books it just runs the other direction crashing through the forest the other two of you wake up as you hear the crashing sound through the forest and hear Terra kind of like stomp and crack her fists together and roar you both kind of wake yourselves up at this point and do you can hear the crashing worry, do we still have to worry about her losing control is I that think... a thing that can still happen with the with the like full shark form what what does it say in your notes um, every time I shift, I have to roll. I think it's a constitution yeah. thing okay. um, to fight off bloodlust. But because last time I succumbed to it, I, is it like once I succumb to it, am I like immune to it from now on? Or is it still? Um, nah. <laughs> no, I would say make an, I would say make a constitution. Yeah, just go ahead and make the con save. The, the DC yes. is going to be lower because you're not actually fighting something. It's just kind of intimidation. So the DC is going to be a little I lower. Think, Please be super I low. I think as, as Rin comes to, <laughs> she sort of scrabbles out of her um, out of her bedroll and like like slides back, sitting up. Um, what'd it do? What, 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 what was the roll? It went from a natural 20 to a natural 1. Oh. Hell yeah. I knew I was too confident about us not spending resources. <laughs> so that's a total of a four. Tara, just as you... Uh... <laughs> Simeon. I do have DM inspiration, so I can technically re-roll that, unless you want the chaos. No, 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 I'll just say, I'll just say in, in, in the process of doing that, like rather than have your own initiative, you just kind of go, and you turn and just punch Simeon square in the chest. Okay, so make make an unarmed strike against against Simeon's AC. Don't Did, forget about that blessing of Inavar. You don't, you don't have to use that. I'm not going to use Here's the question. Yes. How far away, like, for purposes of, for purposes of spellcasting and healing bullshit, how far away are we all from each other? Uh, I would say you're about 20 feet away from the edge That's of the cliff. That's a very good question. Because I rolled a 26. Simeon, okay. Simeon, do you have any way to, to avoid a 26 monk on arm strike? Uh, if I would be dueling at this point in time, I could try using superiority die, but since my AC is 18, I know I could hit. Okay, so Tardis cracks Simeon right in the chest. Uh, Simeon kind of gets knocked off of his feet, just for flavor. You can get back up. Kind of, kind of like the... Uh, the Hulk at the end of the when the Hulk just kind of does the the lateral punch and the gif with type of thing. Uh, go ahead and roll damage on the monk on arm strike. I rolled max damage, so it's nine. Jesus, nine damage. Now you can make another because it's it wasn't a combat situation. You're just kind of in a, a, a bloodlust hype type of thing. You can make another con save at advantage. This time. As she I rolled a natural back. one again, but I got a 12, so it's, it's okay. Uh, 15. Okay, all right. Uh, so you kind of have this moment where you're like about to square up and start hulking out. But 
at the last second after you see uh, Simeon kind of like, oh, oh, <coughs> uh, kind of get get knocked onto his onto his backside and kind of start the process of getting back up as if to fight. You have a second where you have that clarity, but Simeon, how, do you respond as you can see? There's a second there where you can see she's starting to back off just a little bit, like kind of shake, trying to shake off whatever it is. Do you respond? Yeah, the problem is, um, I, 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 she started it. He was gonna kick flip back up again and 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 jump back in. You can, you can. Uh, it, it won't affect the roll, but you you can absolutely uh, respond if you would like. Yeah, he he was gonna pop, pop back up, um, and then uh, as part of that motion, draw his draw his blade and then start start his fancy footwork. Okay. To make sure she doesn't pop him again. Um, I'm gonna come up. Famous is gonna come up and basically come up behind you, Simeon, and Shield of Faith, just in case. Okay. Uh, boost your, AC, I... boost your AC by two. Yep. Yeah, we're not actually an initiative, so yeah, you can you can all kind of jump in. I don't know if this will do anything, mm -hmm. but I still have one third level spell left. Can I cast a spell magic on Terra? That wouldn't... I'm going to say that I don't think that would work. Would I know that it wouldn't work? Yeah. Um, okay. It's more of a um, natural thing rather than a magical effect. Okay. Um, I'm going to stand I will up give and some... encourage Terra to maintain control. Sun's getting real low, lady. The sun's getting real low, yeah. <laughs> Big sun's getting real low, giant woman. <laughs> I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna fully I'll... make myself vulnerable and open my arms like I'm about to give a big hug and just be like, just the most comforting pose possible. We 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 need a Steven Universe moment for whenever Terra transforms into the giant shark woman. So like, there's always one person that's like, giant woman. It's me. <laughs> it's me out of character. <laughs> But, Can uh, I give Bardic Inspiration to Simeon? Yes, yes. Clem also comes up and, and tries to be like, hey, and to sort of calm Terra down. And Terra, with everything, with the 15, you did pass. You see the chaos. You have, you can kind of revert your forms. As Simeon is kind of doing the fancy footwork, uh, Thamus runs over and kind of just stops, uh, stumbles out of bed and just kind of stumbles over herself to cast Shield of Faith. You see a little sort of golden... Uh, flash of light, and you see Rin kind of grabbing the loot and trying to do something, and Clem running over, and be like, "Oh, hey, 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 hey!" And Simeon kind of being like, "You want to go?" Like, <laughs> but you have a moment as, where you can, yeah. As she starts coming back down, she just kind of looks at everybody and says, "The bear's gone. It's safe now. Like nothing happened." <laughs> okay. Wait, wait. There was a bear. Yeah, there was a big. That's why I like Hulk out. We'd rather the fight the bear than you. Uh, it sorry, was very effective, to... but uh, next okay. time. <laughs> do we have to fight? I'll send either? further away from you next time. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Sorry. Clem's well, no. gonna give Tara a thumbs up. No, you controlled it. You did a good job. Are you alright, Simeon? Oh, son of a. I'll live. I could have done that. I need to remember I have aura of protection. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, when when conscious, all the paladin stuff lights back up again. Mm-hmm. I there's the whole when conscious problem though. <laughs> well, yes. I yes. Definitely when conscious. Yes, yeah, sleep doesn't count, but hey. Well, worth a shot. Worth a shot. <laughs> it's more of a. I have way too much. Way too much stuff. I never remember until it's after the fact. Yeah. It doesn't help that we haven't played in quite a while. That too. Alright. I'm gonna... Zog back out. and I, I, I think we're alright. Um, I think we're gonna find on. a... Patch of moss and just faceplant into it. Okay. <laughs> Faceplanting into the soft moss in the clearing. And the rest of your... Second watch. Uh, after you all calmed, uh, calm yourselves and return to bed, and there you kind of the adrenaline is wearing off. You're kind of doing a little bit of pacing, um, but the bear, the large brown bear, sort of the the grizzly bear, scampering off into the forest, seems to have thwarted any other predators. The rest of your watch goes off without a hitch. When it comes to third watch, that is Clem. It's Clem, kind of, uh, Terra, and Simeon. Uh, just a couple hours before dawn, you wake up Clem for the final watch. And Clem, you kind of uh, uh, stand up and, and dust yourself off and prepare to take watch for the evening as Terra and, and Simeon retire to their bunks. Was there any last thing that Terra and Simeon wanted to do at the end of their watch? Uh, just when Simeon goes over to wake Clem up, he, he's definitely light on his feet this time around. <laughs> Not not saying, just one, once bitten, twice shy, right? right. <laughs> no, Tara's just gonna once once watches over. She's just gonna do yoga or something to calm herself back down. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Tara doing the uh, was it the serpent, the snake? Was that the with the archer back or something like that? And then the you know probably some some dope monk shit like one hand down and like using one hand to kind of sit crisscross applesauce with one hand kind of uh, lifting her up off the ground <laughs> you know if you're a monkey you gotta show off your your acrobatics and your your athletics yep. a little bit <laughs> um all right so clem as you kind of uh, tara does a little bit of yoga before retiring uh, once again uh, and for the evening, go ahead and uh, as you prepare your watch, go ahead and make a perception check and let me know if there's anything you wanted to do on your watch. Nine. Okay. So perception check uh, from Clem. He, Clem is probably preoccupied looking about this space and just really soaking in this feeling because he doesn't know when he'll be in an area like this again at least for a while uh he might wander around a bit just trying to see if he finds anything else interesting about this place snack on stuff a little bit and oh, just be in the moment Okay, all right. That's my stomach. It's rumbling. <clears throat> so, is that another creature? 
yes, that was uh, a <laughs> that was another strange uh, forest creature. Rawr. Um, what was your perception check? A nine. Nine. Roll a d100 for me. This is not a chart. It is a percentile. Okay, yeah, you're good. Um, throughout the course of the evening, you see kind of like... As just before dawn starts to rise... Uh, just, just before dawn, kind of gazing into the darkness and in the wee hours of the morning, and you can kind of see something glistening. Just this, this sort of shimmer. Uh, the moonlight kind of as it sort of... As the moon starts to get low on the sky, it illuminates something about 60 feet away from the campsite into the woods, this sort of sheen of sort of shimmering reflection. This sort of like thin... These sort of very silvery reflections about 60 feet away from the campsite. Immediately moves towards it okay you get about you kind of move away from the campsite 60 feet into the woods and as you get closer you can see that there are these two trees that are kind of arched in over themselves kind of forming like this uh these two gnarled trees and the way they bend in they almost make uh about 12 feet across this sort of archway and stretched across the the archway of these trees is this very fine, very beautiful silken web that has been woven specifically as sort of like in between these two trees. Okay. He'll get closer. Okay. And just investigate it, but not touch it just yet. Okay. It's a... Um, actually... Mm -hmm. uh, he will use with his nose uh, he will use one of his newer things uh, his magical awareness mm -hmm. uh, know the location of any spell or magic item within 60 feet and when you sense a spell, you learn which school of magic it belongs to. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, as you kind of... Is it a spell or an ability? It's an ability from his uh, okay. wild magic barbarian. Okay. Mm -hmm. So no, no wild magic for that one. <laughs> oh, you're not uh, fun. I mean, we can. I don't care. <laughs> a an extremely potent web of magic immediately almost blinds you in front of you as you can see this very high level conjuration magic that seems to very carefully be woven into this web the sort of spiral and you can see that the the web pattern has like though it's imperfect on the outside it has this very this perfect spiral of magic that is woven into the web itself hydrator dice straight thank you very much no one wants to do that let's take a drink of our thank beverages you. speaking of actually i need to go refill my water i'll be right back oh and bosher check ah. 
Thank you. Refilling water hurt. Break coming up soon. Conjuration magic with a almost perfect circle mm -hmm. thing. Like a spiral in the middle of it, yeah. He's going to take out a, one of his fingers and lightly touch one of the webs. Okay. As you do, your finger kind of like slowly starts to like almost meld into the web and disappears, does not come out the other side. You can see like ripples, like sticking your hand into water as you put your finger into the web. The web kind of like bends back and your finger kind of goes into it and disappears as if, again, kind of like putting your finger into water. <clears throat> and then he's going to pull his finger back and make sure it's not gone. Okay, it's still there. Yep. <clears throat> he's going to... Can I do some kind of, like, arcana or something to see if this might be, like, a gate or a fake crossing or something like that? Yeah, make make an arcana check at advantage. Stomach is really loud tonight. It's obnoxious. Oh, he's no wizard? Oh, damn, I'm not even rolling my dice. Why am I using roll 20? Anyway... Roll 20 failing me. Uh, because, so well, well so far. Because of your backstory, you have a feeling that this is a... This is fey magic of some kind. You, you at the very least, know that. However, <clears throat> it has the structure of a gate. But knowing Fey, being from the Fey realm, you also know that it is very common for a Fey gate to not actually be a Fey gate and to actually be something else. And with your role of it's early in the morning, dawn is just it's just, you know, maybe 20 minutes away from dawn. And there's that little bit in the back of your mind that, you know, it's Fey, but you're like, this might actually be a dangerous trap that might cut my body in half or something or that might send me into into the realm of an archfey that i'm not comfortable or familiar with a little seed this of doubt could send me you. anywhere yes exactly <laughs> it could send you anywhere the nature of which eludes you it you you have had interactions with um you obviously very important interactions with um arachnid fake creatures but with that six you've also known other fake creatures to mimic the signatures of others and having this be sort of like first contact that little seed of doubt is like you actually know of a circumstance where another fake creature specifically mimicked the signature of another you have an example of this and caused another fake creature to be sort of trapped for several centuries right in this this own this other portal i don't know why my stomach is growling so much Lam is going to... Could it be because you're hungry? Oh, I ate earlier. <laughs> Clem is going to grin mischievously, thinking that if this is someone playing a prank, he's going to play a prank back on them. 
and he is going to make sure his other party members aren't awake to see this, and he's going to piss through the portal. <laughs> okay, yep, you are the only one awake, and you do exactly that, and kind of give yourself a good old-fashioned laugh on the way uh, as you do it. And, yeah, once he's done with that, he's just gonna walk away and hope that nobody knows who it, who it was that did that, and he's just gonna, yeah... Continuous watch. Somebody I, on the other side yeah. of the portal just had their worst day. <laughs> I can't wait to revisit that. That's going to be no. freaking hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Okay, so you kind of take a step back, and as you, very proud of yourself, the, the web starts, starts to kind of slowly dissipate, and the silken threads kind of fall by the side. And there is just the two trees now. After about five minutes, the threads kind of slowly blend into the natural environment. And the, the gate, whomever was behind it, is no more. All right, well, at that rate, I guess he'll just move on to the next thing, just enjoying the rest of his watch, make sure nothing bad happened while he was meandering. Oh, no, that was a tarot card? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was a tarot card. That was that was the Two of Fae, which I love this card. It's so pretty. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, now I'm concerned. Anyway... <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. <clears throat> and you also... Yeah, he'll just yeah. go about and... Uh... Yeah, make sure nothing else happens. And you also have a wild card. So the wild oracle, I'm going to set that aside. That's from earlier. So that's one of your earlier tarot card pulls. There's a couple of other things happening with the Mystic uh, that uh, we're going to revisit later. We had an immediate effect and then a secondary effect. But for the Wild Oracle, this is a wild card. So I'm going to set this aside. Everybody remember that you have a wild. You can discuss as a group if you want to re-roll. Any one roll, you have a wild card. So that is, it was upright and the Wild Oracle is the wild. And it allows you essentially a re-roll uh, at any point whenever you feel like it's it's appropriate you can discuss as a group and at that right. as sunlight kind of rises up through the trees and after a very eventful very interesting night uh, full of a lot of interesting stories for many of you sunlight breaks through the trees and you all gain the benefits of a long rest Sleeping in with with an incident, sleeping in a little bit longer, a little bit later, probably a little bit after 8, 8.30 in the morning, early spring. It was a little chilly at night, but you're all able to collect your belongings, pack up, take down the camp, and proceed on your way for a very interesting day two of your journey as you progress back onto the uh, Deadlands Road and head north towards your destination. And that's where we're going to take a break. So go ahead and take 10. Everybody will be back here uh, at midnight. 
ten minute break. Thank you, Tan. Back at midnight EST. So, okay. I told y'all it was going to be some good old-fashioned, old-school, old-fashioned D&D. &D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Old-fashioned. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a nice sort of, nice way to ease into a story is with some, some classic stuff. So, yep. go ahead and take a break. Take 10, and uh, we'll see everyone back here at midnight. All right. Okay. Be back soon. And, okay, we're back. So... Day two. <laughs> Day two of your travel uh, begins and you return to the road. Who would uh, like to roll a d20 for the day? I did it last time, so I encouraged someone else to do it. Roll I got this roll one. To see who does it. Oh, you got it. Go okay. Ahead. All right, Ange, go ahead. Nine. Okay. All right. Nine kobold bandits assault us. I think we'd make short work of kobold bandits. The morning... Unintended? The morning sun... They already are. <laughs> the morning sun is quickly covered by gray skies. And by mid-afternoon, a light drizzle starts to fall. Right around two o'clock in the afternoon, there's a distant rumble of thunder. And the rain begins to fall heavy. <laughs> Are y'all doing anything to stay dry? Just uh, uh, prestidigering every every so often. Okay, all right. Uh, Simeon will just flip his uh, cloak on and, and pop the hood up. Okay. A good old-fashioned hood is uh, one way to deal with it. Also, all of your clothes are, you know, that's the good thing about sort of period uh, clothing, uh, period pieces, is that the clothing, you know, in that time period was very, very well-made. Uh, sort of mass-produced clothes like we have today isn't really a thing. So anything that you have on your person as far as clothing is probably going to be very well made. Um, if not a bit worn, but still very well made. So even just popping your hood up or using prestidigitation, it's kind of miserable, but it's it's spring rain and it's not, not a six or a seven. So it's bearable, tolerable. And it's just a little bit miserable. For most of the day. The rain continues into the evening, and by this point, you do progress, but you are all very wet and probably somewhat miserable as night begins to fall. Who would like to take a peek for uh, a potential campsite? I will once again provide bardic inspiration to whomever is doing that. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's survival, right? Oh, hang on, let me turn you back down. That is survival. Is survival. Yep. yep. That is I can, not my I can do that. Okay. As uh, so the sun begins to set, 
uh, Thamus, uh, again, uh, very damp uh, Leonine for the fur, a little, ugh, you know, it's like very eager to get out of the rain. So go ahead and make that survival check, please. Uh, 16. Okay. You All also right. have a D8 you can roll if you would like. And uh, might as well, no reason not to. And they only last for 10 minutes anyway. Also, group consensus, are you heading back into Olsia Terras to the northern, to the northeastern edge of Olsia Terras, or are you now going to try the Watcher's Wood or you, uh, and risk the rebel activity? I, I still say we just follow the Deadlands Road. Survive, uh, with the with the Bardic Inspiration, it's a 20. Okay, all right. Um, before we decide uh, on a campsite specifically, let's go back to group consensus on into the edges of the Olsia Terras Forest or into the Watcher's Wood, um, or just on the side of the road for a campsite. I figured we could just let it roll from, from last time into Olsia Terras. Okay. Sure, right. Why not? People stole <laughs> this face stuff again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that well that that was a tarot card. So, if we run into trouble on either side, if we run into trouble on the Deadlands Road and here in Osiotaros, it's not going to alert the enemy because it's different trouble. But if we're in the Watcher's Wood, we run the risk of our movements being reported back. And if we can avoid that, that would be beneficial, I think. Yeah, plus I like the feeling of this forest anyway. So, Thamus, you kind of you kind of hone in on this really large tree that kind of catches your eye from the road, and you kind of start to make a beeline for this really old gnarled tree. It's about a hundred a uh, hundred feet or so off the road. You can see it very clearly from the road, and you can see sort of across the road. Uh, and across the field into the other edge of the Watcher's Wood. But as you kind of get about 80 or 90 feet and start to turn around this old gnarled tree, you can see that it's about 30, it's about 20, 20 to 30 feet wide, like wide at the largest part of the base, probably closer to 20 feet, 20 feet wide at the base and kind of arcs out around. And it's sort of like hollowed out on the other side it's an old decaying tree and sort of there's this natural indentation and this natural hollow where all of you can rest comfortably it's shielded from the road only about a hundred or so feet off the road and it's not too far into the woods and it's kind of a perfect area to shield yourself and famous you're also very proud of that tara like you were the previous night uh you and famous share a moment where like we find good campsites And as you kind of set up for the evening, now, y'all start to get a little hungry. So, for dinner, we have hunting and we have rations. And you would have been, you all would have been able to restock and resupply. Everyone has a base of, you can all carry up to 10 rations. And you would have been able to resupply at, you all would have been able to resupply up to 10 at the as the army arrived if you want to hand wave and say you you use one of your rations you all use rations for the evening we can absolutely use rations for the evening or you can hunt it's up to y'all tara's fine with just using rations i think clem would want to forage just because he'd be interested to see what's around if we're going through the deadlands 
it would be better for us to save the rations just in case. Um, well, would I be correct in assuming there aren't very many animals in the Deadlands? The the Deadlands are sort of like this old haunted wood with that's sort of it's sort of like it's it's a meeting place between uh, the worst of the creatures of Ulsia Terras, of the Watcher's Wood, and of the Crimson Wood kind of coalesce here. There are uh, it's sort of like an old haunted uh, haunted woods. There is a bit of uh, a bit of open patches where it's just sort of like deadland, right? Sort of like old um, marsh flats or um, sort of dry plains. But most most of it is sort of like a large forest with lots of dead trees and some you know animal graveyards that sort of thing. I stand by my point. Then I think we should hunt or forage uh, while we're in the area that would support it, because doing so in the deadlands could be a problem. That's fine. Famous doesn't have a strong enough opinion to argue that. Okay, Clem, you can make a survival check to go and forage and see what you can come up with. I'll say you can make the roll at advantage because there is a fail element to this forest. So go ahead and give me a survival at oh, advantage okay. to forage specifically. Between changeling abilities and musical talent, could I attempt to lure like a deer or something? You can try. Um, make me a survival check. Simeon, I get ready with that crossbow. Twelve. Um, you find like uh, a handful of um, uh, sort of very what you but you know are toxic to eat, but you can make a tea out of a handful of. Um, sort of astringent red berries. It would be time-consuming. It would be time-consuming, but you can make a tea out of the handful of berries that you find. You have to strain them. The whole process would take about two hours. Make a good tea out of it, but that's about it. I mean, if we got the time, sure, that'd be a thing I can do on my watch. Okay, cool. Alright, so that, that would assume also first watch? Uh... Sure, yeah, because he very much wants to make a fragrant tea, because tea is, tea is good. Okay, yeah, um, so using some water from your canteens, um, Clem just begins to get a returns with a handful of berries, um, a very large handful of these very small red berries, and immediately, rather than consuming them or preparing them, just starts, uh, oh, my stomach won't shut up, just starts taking the berries and, and starts crushing them into a pouch, um, and sort of looks like uh, he's beginning the process of making some a tea of some kind. Uh, in the meantime, uh, what was your survival check, Rin? So I actually have a quick question about that before sure. I roll. Am I looking at uh, survival using my charisma modifier because it's like a performancey thing, or is it straight wisdom? Like, is it the wisdom modifier survival as the regular? 
words are hard. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It would be regular survival because that you're that's kind of pushing the limits a little bit as far as that's fair because it no, doesn't. That's yeah. Um, it's it's wooing nature. I get it. No worries. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I ask. I ask because I was going to cast uh, enhance ability before I did this, and I wanted to. There it is. Um, I wanted to flavor it correctly. Um, it's absolutely so something before... that you that you can do, but it's charisma is not charisma itself is not going to necessarily attract an animal. No, I get it. Um, so Rin uh, pulls out this uh, this eagle feather and sort of like runs a runs her thumb along the center spine of it. And then tucks it back in her hair. And she starts... Um, she starts at first just sort of softly singing. But eventually transitions into, like, deer noises. Or tries to. Um, I'm casting Enhance Ability to give me advantage on Wisdom checks. And then uh, rolling Survival. Okay. Alright, so it's a total of 18. Okay. As you, uh, and, uh, who has the longbow? Uh, Simeon's got a crossbow. light crossbow. Okay, alright, okay. so Simeon and, um, uh, Ren get about 120 feet into the woods and kind of disappear off on a hunt. And in the meantime, you can see, uh, that Clem is starting to strain the berries, right, uh, through this sort of very, um, porous cloth, and... Uh, seems to be uh, mixing in some herbs into this as well uh, and is sort of using slowly uh, straining some water through this cloth uh, into uh, into a kettle. Uh, and it's a long process. Uh, it looks like, again, it should probably take about two hours. Those who stay up might uh, might be might be in for a treat. And you all have a little sugar that you can add to as part of like your field kits, right? So you can put some sugar in there and make it real sweet. Um, but as you're kind of making this tea, um, you do see, roll a d6 for me, Rin, to see what you attract. I know you said deer, but there's a few things in here. So roll a d6 for me. That's a five. A five. Yeah, it's sort of like a um, medium size um, uh, female deer kind of starts to slowly kind of come towards the the sound of your... Uh, not not a buck, you know, or something that you can really make jerky out of. It would probably be like a one and done to feed everybody type of thing. But um, yeah, deer comes kind of slowly and curiously um, out of the woods with a five or a six. It would be a deer based on the, you know, and then a six would be a buck and a five would be um, just a, a regular old normal sized deer. So you can see you. one kind of, yes, kind of slowly coming towards the sound of the loot. Um, Simeon, if you would like to let fly the arrow and see if you can make some venison. Let's see if we get dinner. Uh, 13. It's likely, but I'm going to look it up. Here. Five. Here. Uh, 13 just hits, and as the deer kind of lets out this uh, groan and the arrow strikes true. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, six damage. 
That will do it. Okay. And the deer kind of stumbles forward and then falls onto the ground. You've successfully hunted a deer on your second night in the wilds. Noise. Anybody know how to cook this thing? <laughs> Does any... Um, Go ahead, Thamus. I would... Uh, I could justify with the soldier background, I probably could do some basic, not necessarily like five-star quality stuff, but edible enough where we could have dinner. Absolutely. Is anyone proficient in chef's tools, cooking utensils, mess kit, anything like that? Nope, we're all a whole bunch of criminals and, and soldiers. <laughs> yep. yep. Excuse you, I am a bookworm. Thank you very much. Oh right. Uh, I think I think there was probably a reason that the uh, command was like just take ten rations, you know, a piece just in case. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay, so you have a deer, and that's actually pretty funny. You bring it back, and you're like, okay, now what? So famous. I'll pull out a dag I'll pull out a dagger and just start very bare bare very basic just deconstruct uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Deconstructing it. Oh I know this. Skinning? Skinning it, Butcher? yeah. But skinning, butchering. Well, uh, uh, since since you were in the military, I'll I'll set the DC at thirteen. But go ahead and make a survival check, DC thirteen. And I think you Can have assist. What? I think you have advantage Sorry. because of the, if you want to use it. I don't. Is it survival or animal handling? Animal handling oh, is where I have yeah. advantage. Okay. However, that's a 22. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Ren comes over to assist uh, in some way, but Thamus is like, no, I, I watched more than a few people do this. And very, very skillfully, um, is it dressing? Is that what it's dressing the... That's what I was yeah. thinking. Very skillfully starts dressing the deer. And within 45 minutes to an hour, um, the tea is almost ready. And you're very successfully able to, uh, after having watched several other soldiers do it, um, during your time on the front lines uh, in several battles of Frostfar, yeah, you're able to successfully uh, get some fresh venison for the evening. So... You all eat very well. Clem has prepared a special herbal tea, which is uh, with a little bit of sugar. It's pretty tasty. It has this very sort of piney, almost gin-like flavor to it. Um, sort of this this juniper berry flavor, but um, very tangy, very astringent. But with the, the sugar, it's kind of quite nice, uh, in addition to the herbs and everything like that. But you have venison and... Um, sort of pine uh, juniper flavored uh, herbal tea and uh, Clem is on first watch right is anyone taking first watch with Clem um, I can take first watch with Clem okay all right so Rin and Clem uh, perception check for your first shift That is a total Clem is of gonna, seven. Clem is using his Tides of Chaos again because he gets it on long rests. Okay. 
this time it's because of the tea itself. Just making the tea is kind of like a mm -hmm. a recipe that he remembers his mom making for him at one point. Okay. Something very similar. It just sparks him to be a little more I guess alert, aware, and kind of jovial. Sure. Alright, so Rin rolls A7 and I'll uh, set the DC uh, I'll make it a little easier for you with, with the T. Um, go ahead and roll uh, Perception at Advantage Clem. Uh, yeah, so he got a 12. 17 oh, okay. for the d20. 17, okay. Alright. Alright, 17 on the d20. Yeah, so first shift uh, passes without incident. Uh, does anyone have a plan to do anything on the long rest? I don't have any this day. Nope. Other than have some tea and hope it's stuffy dust goes away. Okay. Well, all right. I, I don't want to micromanage word counts every single time, but broadly, anytime we end the day and like Rin has at least one third level spell slot left, she's going to try to contact her dad again and just get any information she can about Baraktal. Okay. Um, okay. Just bit by bit as we are traveling, try to get information. Okay. Sounds good. We'll make that a sort of a collective uh, piece of information, if that's kind of what you're what you were getting at. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what I was. All right, th awesome. th that's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah. And we it's... don't have to sit here and do like refrigerator poetry at each other for two more hours, but refrigerator poetry, yeah. I like that. Okay, so uh, first watch passes without incident, and with your roll of seventeen, uh, who's taking second watch? I will. Okay. Famous. I'll take I'll take the second watch with famous. famous. Okay, and Terra for third watch. Okay. Alright. So perception checks from all three of you. Mm. Got a twelve for Simeon. Nine okay. for Famous. And Terra? Uh thirteen. Okay, Thamus is delightfully aloof, and Thamus seems to be distracted with thoughts of perhaps the conversation that uh, she had with Rin the night before. The other than Thamus being a little bit aloof for the Night's Watch, the rest of the evening passes without incident, and you're able to return for day three of travel. So, you are fairly confident that no predators or nothing untoward was sort of seeking to pursue you or encroached on the camp. Thamus, you kind of caught yourself daydreaming a little bit or um, moon dreaming at the edge of the perimeter a couple of times. But beyond that, it's a relatively uneventful evening. The venison is delightful. It's perfectly seasoned. The tea gives you all an excellent night's sleep. Nothing seems to plague or invade your dreams otherwise and you wake up to a brand new day so as you get back on the road for day three we're going to go ahead and move sort of one up a little bit closer to the deadlands road as you proceed onward 
move your tokens a little closer. Day three, moving up the road, leaving Ulsu Taras behind you, traversing along the western edge of the Watcher's Wood. Could I have someone roll the d20 for the day, please? I can hop on Same that. Again. Yeah, do it. That's a five. Okay. Sammy, can you roll a d100 for me? I can roll you a d double zero. It's a d100 worth of flumps that descend from the sky. Six. What a shame you weren't going for a uh, divine intervention. Yeah, no kidding. Unless I was, and I just didn't know about it. We have to fight a god. It's no, Lorik. He's come back for more apples. Hey, roll again. No, that, that actually doesn't the exist heavens in this fire... <laughs> The Heaven's Fire game is the one that's going to be fighting a god eventually. How about an 83? Uh-oh. It's the look again. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Uh, interesting. Okay. All right. We've had two easy days so far. We're about due for a problem. And on that note, have a good evening. We'll see everybody next month. That's... It's interesting. It's not something that would really be a threat on the road during the day so we're gonna come back to that we're gonna we're gonna put that in our in our pocket and come back to that um something something lurks but not something that that would would catch you on the road so to speak if that makes sense but aside from aside from those roles as you make your way to the edge of the deadlands to your right, to the east, you can still see the edge of the Watcher's Wood. Okay, the forest, it's kind of very close to the road. And the safety of the Watcher's Wood, there, it's not full of rebel activity as far as military contingents. But there are, at, at least on the western edge, known to be rebel scouts. So it's possible that you might run into possible that you might run into a rebel scout or something of that nature but there are also agents of the crown that operate in the watcher's wood and there are several religious and monastic orders that also operate in the watcher's wood uh, usually clerics monks and priests of the wild mother many druids many who serve um, linaria the twilight spinner as well uh, and some sects of mercidial the twilight spinner um, or the Dark Sister, sorry. Um, so there are several religious orders that operate in and around the Watcher's Wood uh, and usually keep Rebel Scouts at bay. But you do know that there is both Crown and Rebel activity in and around the Watcher's Wood, though the Deadlands can be a particularly dangerous place. And as you can see, the edge of the Deadlands Forest approaching just past midday, so probably closer to 4 or 5 in the evening. Looking to your east, the edge of the Watcher's Wood 
at the closest point is about 120 to uh, 120, maybe 200 feet from the road as it kind of bends out west and kind of creeps out that way. And as you reach about five or five or six o'clock in the evening, you start to see not really doing much to try and mask their presence. A single individual that starts to make their way out of the tree line to the east from the Watcher's Wood and just starts walking towards the group. Are they wearing anything or, or showing anything that would indicate who they might be affiliated with? Or So they're, they're, they're wearing sort of um, all black uh, leathers with maybe some dark greens. They appear to be a half-elf with sort of raven hair, and they have a bit of a a bit of a limp, uh, like a like a from a wound, and they kind of hold up their arm as if to kind of flag you down. Other than that, there is no identifying symbol, but they are making their presence known, uh, and they do not have a weapon in hand. They have a longbow slung over their shoulder. If they're can we all see them? Yes, you can all see them. They're they're not trying to hide in any way. They're making if, themselves very obvious. If they're visibly hurting, Famous will go over and kind of try and see what's going on and if she can help. Rin will approach with Famous as well. Be careful. It could be a trap, kind of. As... On that note, actually, as we're approaching, can I do a perception check to see if anyone else is around? Sure, perception check on the general surroundings. Go ahead, Rid. Famous, you kind of hustle on over there. Yep. It's not too bad. It's a 14. Okay. Okay. Maybe it'll hang back and sort of keep an eye on the area. Same with Tara. Okay. Uh, So Tara and Simeon kind of uh, hang back a little closer to the road. Uh, Thamus kind of d- double times over. Uh, Rin uh, getting a little bit closer. Win- uh, Rin, what did you roll again? For your perception check? I rolled a four- 14. 14 total? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I was um, also going to slowly approach just kind of at the ready in case things go bad. Okay. Alright. Uh, you do not see anything else around you other than the eerie silence from the deadlands and the lush bounty of the watchers would that they miss you uh, kind of run up and you can tell uh, almost immediately that there is no new wound they seem to this seems to be sort of a, a lingering wound uh, as you kind of get within five feet and they um sort of feminine presenting individual um they just it's okay i'm fine it's about a year old it'll never fully heal what happened as you what brings you here 
as you all kind of make your way over. She laughs and she just... <laughs> no, that's a loaded question. You're Stormwatch, right? It depends on who you are. Famous just kind of just, just gives a... It doesn't respond and just repeat and instead repeats what happened, why, what brings you here? She says crash which you all know is the military code which is the identifier like flash thunder, it's, cr it's crash thunder and the callback is thunder. Famous, you immediately know that. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, more than, the, the, the other four might have to double check as they're recently new but you know exactly what she is saying so she says crash at which the appropriate response is thunder okay respond okay and she just so you are the storm watch good and she kind of starts to rummage with one hand in her, in her pouch just kind of like rummaging through eventually takes out an emblem a new emblem that you saw on the crest of Soraka Rendil it is the two-headed eagle except it's stylized more in draconic fashion so it's the two-headed eagle of the queen of the new queen's flag but they are dragon heads on either side the symbol of the R dragon accord which is the elite special forces, the the sort of that the answer directly to the queen. There's only about a dozen, maybe two dozen of them. The Stormwatch is the is the elite branch of the military. This is the elite branch of sort of black ops that work directly and only answer to the queen. Usually, pretty nasty stuff, and Sarakarendil is one of them. But he's a mage. She doesn't appear to be a mage. So, what are you doing out here by yourself? And why are you approaching us? She just kind of lets out another chuckle and just takes the badge and tosses it down on the ground. She says, Tell her Undeal I'm done. Tell the R Dragon Accord I'm done. Tell the Queen and the Stormwatch that the mission was a success. But I never signed up for anything like that. I never signed up for what happened after. It's done. Can you tell us a bit more about your, your mission and what you dealt with? She just kind of, I think you know, and just kind of gathers I, her things. I, as a player, have no idea what she's talking about. Y'all might not know. Famous but... is probably only, is not 100% certain. Ideas, sure, but. Yeah. Flem is immediately thinking about what Nazgris was talking about. <clears throat> so. Which is. The stuff that he said that they're going to do 
pretty horrific stuff, potentially. She says, a year and a half ago? In the aftermath that followed? None of us knew that it was going to be that bad. Tell the Queen and the Ren deal that they got what they wanted. They got their villain. And I'm done. She just kind of starts to walk away. What's what's your name? She turns around and over her shoulder. Marissa. Our dragon, Marissa Vigleth. And I'm officially retired. Our dragon? Can you give me the spelling for her last name? V-A-E-L-Y-T-H. Thank you kindly. And I'm done with this war. I'm done with the crown. Lay low as much as you can. We are all done with this war. I'm going to Greymarsh. Do a little fishing village. Be with my family. I did my duty. Soraka Rendil got his villain. The rest of the crown can rally to the queen. Whatever you do, end it quickly. Nobody deserved what happened. And she looks over at Themis. You got anything for like long-term scarring? Um, would lay on hands work for that? Um, I would say roll a d one hundred. I would say roll a d one hundred. Do you have any maps of the area or any information that we should know about this path, particularly particularly to the Crimson Wood? Let's take that badge with you. Use it to identify yourselves. You run into our cousins in the Crimson Wood. Even before we completed our mission, the war was still growing raw on both sides. She kind of leans in. Folks of Isildale have a particular... distaste or hatred for our cousins in the Crimson Wood. <sighs> they, have a they have a particular penchant for violence. And our cousins there have responded in kind. So make sure to identify yourselves as agents of the Crown, lest you be felled with arrows the second you step foot into their territory, or have a blade cut your throat in the dead of night. Unnecessary violence. This has got to stop. Agreed. So 70, 77 mm, on the D100. Yeah, you're looking for low. So um, you can, I, I, if you put five points of lay on hands in, it will get her through the next few days at the very least so she can get a ship. I will, I will do that. Okay, so you let go of some of the magic in your hands and. You can see her kind of, you hear a couple of cracks and a couple of pops and she just, and as she readjusts, she just, okay, that helps. Kind of puts a hand on your shoulder. 
Okay, that just taps it a couple times. Uh, Rain roots around in her pack for a second and then pulls out um, what looks kind of like a small uh, wooden box. Um, Small-ish. Um, try to hide your features as much as you can. You never know if they might end up looking for you later. Um, I would like to give her... I started with a disguise kit. Um, I think it was part of the mm -hmm. Bard's starting equipment. Sure. So, right. um, Rin is giving her this disguise kit. Uh, in the hopes that she can hide her appearance and travel more safely. Okay. Yeah, you kind of hand her the disguise kit and she just... Standard issue, huh? Yeah, a bit more useful for others than it is for me. And... As Rin is saying that, there's this little, like, flutter of um, illusory butterflies for a second. And her um, her appearance from the shoulders up transforms into Melissa in front of us. And then another flutter of butterflies and it transforms back to her, her normal human form. Changeling. It's been pretty useful so far. Just keep your head low. You too. I know this is... that we've grown war-weary on both sides. But the things that we've done stop the war. I hope it'll be worth it in the end. So long as we end the war in the end it all of our actions, all of our sacrifices will have been <laughs> will have been worth it. I I think the world that we build after the war is what's going to determine its worth. One last might and majesty for the road, huh? Might and majesty. Might and majesty. Rin says with like a touch of sarcasm. Might indeed. Might. Might and, mag and majesty, indeed. Famous, just very dry. Might, for sure. Majesty? I guess we'll see. She just kind of... I'm looking forward to fishing. And just as she kind of adjusts to the healing... And kind of makes her way back towards the road. She turns and gives you gives y'all one last salute. Night begins to fall. And you prepare to set up camp as she fades into the distance. And that's where we're gonna end the session for tonight. You prepare to make your way into the Deadlands. Ending a little early, Fully but fully intend to tell her superior that she is dead, that we found her corpse. Fair enough. I'm here for that. So I know some of y'all are not feeling well. My stomach is very angry at me because I had jalapenos before a stream, which I will never do again. So <laughs> let's go around the table and just uh, tell everyone in uh, Internet Cyberville uh, what we have going on and what projects we're working on and where the people of the Internet can find you. We're going to work in reverse order this time. So we'll start with uh, Jeff. What you got going on, and where can the people find you? 
Alrighty. Uh, well, I'm Fatagan on TikTok, and you can also go ahead and find me on uh, the Discord here with the rest of the folks at ESPTTRVG. Uh, go ahead and drop that in the chat there. And otherwise, look forward to seeing you all next time around. We play Stormwatch. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. And Avalon Willowbloom, what you got going on in your world? Um, not much by way of impending projects. Um, I will be re rehearsing and recording for Karen 1% in the near future. It's a uh, black... Um, it's a musical audio drama about a black woman navigating a, like, corporate fuckery. Um, and it is run by... Um, it's just... Words are hard. Fuck's sake. I can't summate this as well as I want to. Karen 1% is coming in the near future. Aside from that, Super Suits is currently publicly releasing. Episode 2 just dropped on the various podcast platforms today, and subsequent episodes will be every two weeks on Mondays. Um, if you subscribe to the Faustian Nonsense Patreon, you will get them on Fridays instead. You will get them two uh Three days early. I know how to math. Um, otherwise, I don't know. Keep keep your eyes open. I do stuff. I, I get around. I'm here uh, twice every couple weeks. Rad. All right. Thanks, Avalon. And uh, Nick. Nick, Huskier uh, Amethyst, playing Clem over here on this one. So every other Monday. Otherwise, every Friday, I'm on Precarious' channel playing a halfling barbarian rogue who is up to similar chaotic shenanigans. And yeah, other than that, just chilling and hanging out with all y'all. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. And Ange. Well, I'm here every other Monday. Uh, beyond that, um, as far as D, as far as tabletop role playing goes, I have an uh, once a month. I am on Records of the Realms, <clears throat> playing a half rogue, half four elements monk. Lots of silly fun, and I'm playing basically almost the complete opposite of Thamus. Uh, and then I have my anime podcast every Sunday over at Animazing Radio. So if you like anime, check that out. Awesome. Thanks, Ange. And I'm looking forward to uh, podcasting with you in the future. And we got something in the works. So. Yes, definitely. All right. And Isabets, I know you're very busy, so... You have oh a long gosh, list. Take it away. Yeah. My schedule has exploded. Um, I'm here every other Monday for Stormwatch. Um, every Sunday, I am at Master of Rem uh, for Light Clockwork. Um, you can find me um, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, if you look for the Alternia archives, right now they are releasing our Power Rangers podcast, actual play, um, one episode a week. Um, I have a couple other podcasts that I'm currently recording that will be released throughout the coming year. Um, 
Tomorrow, I will be, during the day, I will be at Master Rem for the Subversion Kickstarter from Fragging Unicorns. Um, I will be um, doing the launch day stream for that. I will also be at, on Lucas G Variety in the afternoon or in the evening for another Power Ranger stream. And then starting next month, every other Wednesday, I will be on Master of Rem playing Power Rangers. And every other Friday, I will be there doing Well of the Worlds, which is an Isekai superhero cool actual play stream. So, wow, yeah, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Isabet. And uh, Isabet's link tree is there in the Discord, uh, in the Discord, in the chat. And also, you can join our Discord as well if you're queer or if you're a witch or any of those things, uh, you can come check us out and hang out with us and other queer witches who love TTRPGs. In the meantime, uh, we love you all very much. We're going to raid Madbird streams. So be gay, be queer, do crime. Uh, we're going to say hello to uh, our friends over at Madbird. And we'll be back here this Saturday for Heaven's Fire. Which I'm very excited about. Heaven's Fire, uh, back from break, and uh, there's a lot going on there. There is um, intrigue, and it's 220 years in the future, and we get to see sort of the result of, you know, what the um, uh, the Our Dragon Accord becoming the Aeroth to call, and uh, the end result of, of all that. Uh, all I that actually have a question regarding that. Sure. Um, I, I don't recall if it was stated before, but is it the same queen? Yes, same queen. Fantastic. All right. So we'll see you all over at Madbird, and we'll see you this Saturday at 9.15 for Heaven's Fire. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.